Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. My run for office in 2020. Are you excited for me? Would you like to be my running mate? You can run for president. <laughs> Don Lemon for president. How much have you had to drink tonight? I just want, I just want us to come back together again as a country. I want us to stop being so sensitive. I want to get rid of the stupid, racist, and homophobes and bigots. And I'm sick of that. I'm sick of promoting that and hearing about it. Oh, good for you. I want people to come back together, and I'm tired of people fighting. They I'm will. They I'm will. The people like will swing back and walking the through the crowd, and people giving me white power signs. It's disgusting. Stop it, America. Step out of that car, please, sir. You are fake news. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Very fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. No one cares. Skank free wherever he is. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. Hey, man, too bad you're not gay. Gay men would love you. <laughs> All right, go, go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly the best you can't ask anyone about that people often do this is beauty and the beta my name is matt christensen i'm flanked on my right as always i'm my wonderful co-host blonde welcome hello welcome to 2020 a new decade hope you and everyone in the audience had a happy new year's eve and new year's day especially because it will be your last world war three is upon us and we will recap it all before we all get nuked tomorrow from Tehran or wherever it's going to come from. I am uh, so much more worried about this than you are. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not as alarmist as a lot of reactionary, uh, a lot of hot takes on the internet. Yeah. Um, but perhaps you can convince me that I need to. No, it's mostly personal because if uh, any member of my family gets deployed, I'm going to have a sure. fucking aneurysm. I think that's a fair mind. concern, but I, I also... I'm not quite, I'm not so worried about that just yet, but we'll, we'll see what happens here. Anyway, uh, of course, Trump orders a strike that kills, uh, I'm going to mispronounce things all, uh, all throughout the show tonight, which goes to show, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert on these things and I don't think we're going to pretend to, but we're going to go with what we know and what we've learned this week. Uh, Iranian Quds Force leader, Kasim Soleimani, we'll go with that, uh, killed in a strike by, uh, ordered by Trump this week outside of the Baghdad airport. Media and celebrities team up to remember him as the wonderful man that he was, much like uh, austere religious scholar uh, al-Baghdadi, who mm -hmm. perished before him. And if you're Rose McGowan, to beg for Iranian forgiveness. Uh, I hope you're not full Rose McGowan on this one, but we'll see. Uh, Democrats, meanwhile, suddenly find love for the Constitution again. Once again, Democrats conveniently find love for the Constitution. So there's a silver lining. You're wincing like you have bad news. No, no, it's 
No, you, you, that, that to me says like you have an opinion you don't want to share or the stream has gone down. No, my face that... is just, it's too expressive. I just can't hide when I want to say more about something yet can't. No one's stopping you. I am not your, <laughs> not your gatekeeper. Uh, I've got many a gatekeeper now. Absent some people's accusations. Anyway, uh, no New Year's holiday would be complete, of course, without checking in on drunk Don Lemon and the rest of his co-hosts. He, uh, did he really get a tattoo? What do you think? Probably. I don't think it's been confirmed or proven fake. Uh, so we'll examine. The same pranksters who got Adam Schiff thinking he was uh, going to get some Trump nudes from some Russian sources, they've duped Maxine Waters, this time into thinking that Greta and her dad have conclusive proof of Trump political meddling in Ukraine. Did you get a chance to listen to that call? Pretty good stuff. And it turns out this is actually the second time Maxine has fallen for these guys. So not a good look for Maxine Waters, but Hey, she's 81. Be nice to her. We have a few more updates from last week's Hanukkah attack in New York and the Texas church shooting, plus a hoax hate trilogy to close, including an unusual one, perpetrated by a police officer. You don't hear that one very commonly. So hasn't this exact thing happened before? There was a case of a Starbucks cup where it was allegedly written, you know, fuck mm -hmm. pigs or something, that might be true, something though. similar. I think that I don't know that that one was ever demonstrated to be a hoax or if it was confirmed true, but something like this story has happened before. So we'll check in on it. And some, and we got two more as well. And of course we will take super chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show. Of course, and we'll check in with D live as well, because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Christensen media.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website, of course, is special deals from listener owned businesses. This week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. Sonoran is a firearms dealer based in Arizona, but with a focus in the online community, specializing in Glock polymer laser stippling, custom Glock builds and other firearms engraving, as well as general, uh, general firearms and accessories sales. Sonoran Defense has several easy to order laser stippling packages, but they can also accommodate one-off custom designs. Upon request, the new hybrid Atrix Alpha Stipple package is an updated version of their flagship design that has been a customer favorite. It provides the same superb grip tra grip traction as traditional hybrid the traditional hybrid Atrix, but with a new unique aesthetic to really enhance the overall look and feel of your Glock pistol. You can even order a brand new Glock with laser stippling directly from Sonoran. Just reach out for a quote via the contact form on their website, which is linked on our sponsors page. Sonoran Defense also offers laser marked AR and AK magazines with many designs to choose from, as well as secret underground designs that are not listed on their website. So you'll have to check out their Instagram page and their uh, other social media to get uh, clued in on those. They got the Honkler design, the Tay Tay, and much more. They even do custom requests to put your own personalized images, text, or logos on mags for you. You can find everything you need from Sonoran, plus other deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Phoenix Ammo, Charity Swipes, Flyover States, and Black Rifle Garb, in addition to our newest edition, uh, Formidable Web Solutions, for all your website building needs. That's uh, mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, one disclaimer on the show tonight as well. I'm obviously a little bit 
distracted by another gut-wrenching, spine-tingling Vikings destruction of the Saints in the playoffs. I know you tuned in. Uh, it was fantastic. It was everything we could have hoped for. So, uh, you know, I, I, we have a, sh a full show prepared nonetheless, but if I seem a little distracted or weary, it was because of a fantastic afternoon. So thanks for bearing with me. I'm distracted because I'm letting the live chat name my baby right now. <laughs> what's, what's the lead? What's the leader well, right now? I think I Diana's out. Baby. Oh, really? I think Diana's out. Hmm. And lately I'm liking Amelia. Why? What swayed you against Diana? Is it because of the royal family or something it's because else? Of, it's because I hate the royal family. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Amelia. Her, it's, a, it's a little foreign sounding though. I don't know what's the origin of the name. I have no idea. Amelia? I like the name. Yeah. I don't know, but then there's Amelia Earhart and she has strong feminist vibes. So I'm not super jazzed about that either. And she also got lost uh, forever. So, you know, yeah. you, don't want to, you don't want that to happen. Not because of her poor sense of navigation or anything. <laughs> Inherent to her gender. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I, I love this hit piece on DLive in oh, the Daily I Dot. I want to talk about this quickly before we get to some of the bigger news stories this week. But shock of shocks, when you ban people on YouTube or you otherwise, um, you know, make it harder for people to find their content... They don't, in fact, change their opinions and their audience, their audiences still want to consume their material. They still mm -hmm. want to listen and watch. I can't believe it. So when you ban people or make it hard to find their content, I can't. They don't moderate. Right. They don't change their beliefs. In fact, oftentimes they get more fringe, more conspiratorial in ways you don't like. Uh, anyway, the point is they, of course, go to an alternative platform. You can't just ban people into a corner where they go, OK, I guess I'll be depersoned and no longer exist anymore. They go to another platform as we have set up an alternative home over on DLive in anticipation of such things. Lo and behold, there's a great uh, growing community over there. And we thank the people who are hanging out on DLive. The Daily Dot is surprised to see that white nationalists are moving from YouTube to DLive. And this piece focuses mostly on Nick Fuentes and his alleged harassment. It details harassment in this piece. He he called a, a particular person with Turning Point. All these people that from Turning Point are fucking ugly. That's he said it? in a stream, and they're saying this is harassment. And the Daily Dot staff made DLive aware of the harassment, and they removed the stream apparently. But it was still uh, up for twenty days. Don't cock DLive. Yeah, they all he said was they're ugly. That's it. That's that's what this article cites. I don't. I'm not familiar with the stream in question, but that's Charlie what they Kirk cite. is ugly. That's just true. I, in any case, like you can't have a negative opinion expressed about somebody on a stream. We're going that far now. Ugh, anyway, that's disappointing that they cucked out on this from the Daily Dot. Who cares? I don't. Have you ever even heard of this publication? I've before? I've seen this website before. They do a lot of uh, like internet and and tech stories. So they pushed out because of the Daily. It's not even like the New York Times wrote about them or something like that. Well, the Daily Dot is certainly not on the, the doesn't have the high profile. Let's say the New York Times wow. or the Wall Street Journal, who's been at this before. This doesn't bode um, well for the future of DLive. No, and DLive says, "Ooh, we have people monitoring all our content." Like uh, DLive, if you're listening, you have to tell these people who come at you for you have to tell these smear merchants to fuck off. Yeah. The reason that your pro, that your platform is gaining a little bit more popularity is precisely because people are looking at what YouTube is doing and saying, fuck that, and they're leaving. So don't, do, don't make YouTube's mistakes. 
when you get these emails seeking comment on why Nick Fuentes is allowed to stream on your platform, say, fuck off. If you don't like his streams, don't watch them. End of comment. Right. We'll see. We'll see if DLive uh, decides to stand up to the mob that's coming, but that's unfortunate. They're clearly not going to. Can you imagine if we can't extend our speech beyond calling people ugly? What's the point? I, I don't know. I don't know, but we're going to find out, I guess. DLive, I, I would imagine DLive had to anticipate this, and we'll see how far uh, people, see how aggressive these smear merchants get in going after them. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing Subscribestar experienced, that Gab experienced. If you, if you submit to these people, you will destroy your platform. Simple as that. So don't yeah. make the stupid choice to submit to their nonsense. Uh, another person, other Democrat who you totally forgot was even running is out. Uh, former HUD secretary Julian Castro announced on Twitter oh, yeah. this week that he's dropping out. And so we will eulogize his campaign as, as we always do, remembering his hallmark moment, pledging free abortions for biologically male trans women. Would your plan cover abortion, Mr. Secretary? Uh, Yes, it would. I believe in reproductive justice. Just because a woman, or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, is poor, doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. (laughs) Me llamo Julian Castro. One thing to know when he says the right to uh, the right to exercise, the right to choose is the way he phrased it. He doesn't just mean the right to get an abortion. He means the right to have the public pay for your abortion. Right. That's a completely separate question from whether you should be left alone to do that yourself and pay for it yourself. Now it's the right to have other people pay for your shit too. I well, can't imagine why it wasn't appealing. Uh, the real thing is that this is just a wholesale indictment on America's view of short men. This, that's really what this is. I don't even, is he short? I, I guess. I think I don't he's know. very short. Google it. See if you can find out. Astro height. I'm not the first person to Google this. We like a tall president. <laughs> Stands well, uh, with a height of five feet tall. Is that true? No way. There's no way that he's that short. That's what gossipgist.com says. So that's probably not true. Hmm. Uh, Joe Biden is carrying on. We'll see if he can ac- actually limp through Iowa and New Hampshire and his way to the nomination. Ultimately, last Sunday, I didn't see this until after the stream was over, but he actually had a couple hecklers go after him in New Hampshire. Yeah. This was Milford, New Hampshire. One called him out on his son in Burisma in Ukraine. We know that story. And another called him out on, you know, just how he sniffs kids. <laughs> a man Ooh. yelled at Biden, hey, you uh, stop touching kids and stop being a pervert. I c- you can't hear everything he says. I tried to um, add some subtitles for clarity, but here's what that encounter looked like. That's okay. Hey, this, this is not a Trump rally. Okay. Oh. All right. I agree with you, man. I agree. Nice talking to you. Oh, geez. He looks so geriatric. Underrated piece of that exchange. The guy says, we don't need another white man, old white man. And Joe Biden says, I agree with you. 
So uh, Joe Biden dropping out when would be the question. Anyway, it's probably too much to expect coherence from him at this ripe old age. (laughs) As evidenced by the next exchange, I don't know if you caught the edited version of this floating around Twitter, but it was alleged on Twitter this week that Joe Biden had made some statement uh, praising European culture and saying that we in America didn't get our culture. We didn't import it from Africa, which I mean, it is a quote, but it's sort of out of context. It was being presented as though Joe Biden was an alt made an alt right talking point or something. What? What? I have to walk this back because Julian Castro is five foot nine, which is not that short at all. That's not that short. All right, fairness to why did he look so comparatively short? Why did he stand on that box? Did he stand on a box that happened? He stood on a box to look taller, and he just looks so short compared to the other candidates, which I must assume are quite tall that's average male height in america wow well i i walk it back and apologize <laughs> so, wow so a full retraction and a apology. full retraction what is what is uh really he withdrew you? because of his idiotic political philosophies and because he's unelectable for a multitude of reasons and you've already forgotten who he is just like steve bullock he's also super forgettable yeah yeah proceed my apologies so biden it was alleged that Biden made like an alt-right talking point. And if you watch it in context, that's not what he's saying. What he's, what he's actually, the point that he's saying is in my mind, at least as controversial, if not more so, but it's being defended as though it's non-controversial. So Biden was actually talking about the, the dubious claim, at least according to many sources that the, the phrase rule of thumb comes from uh, like some common law stuff in England, where you could beat your wife with a, with a stick that was like a thumbs width Mm -hmm. or less, I believe. And he was he's what he's saying is we got our culture from Europe and England, and that's a sexist, uh, abusive, abusive of women culture. And that's bad. That's what he's saying. Anyway, here's the full content. Here's the full uh, quote. But we finally got a lot passed through with the secretary of education, who was a great guy that I work with and others under Title IX. And then it came along, came Betsy DeVos. No, I'm serious. And ended it. <coughs> ended it. Folks, this is about changing the culture. Our culture. Our culture. It's not imported from some African nation or some Asian nation. It's our English jurisprudential culture. Our European culture. It says it's all right. Uh, super uncontroversial. Just... Well, it's what he's saying. It's it was presented as though he was saying we're great because of our European culture. In reality, nope. he's saying we're bad because of our European culture. Yeah. And one is supposedly a, a huge controversy, and the other is like, well, that's a non-issue. I, I don't believe. Uh, whatever, make the argument you want, but to, in my mind, it's at least as controversial to say, oh yeah, we 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 come from an inherently sexist European culture. If if you were to say that about any other culture inherently, it would be hate speech. Yeah. But it's fine because we're talking about white people as always. Whatever. All right, we'll see if we'll see if Biden can hang on. We're only a few weeks out from some uh, some votes being cast here, about a month or so. Uh, anyway, that's all I got on quick stuff. We should get into the big news of the week, which of course is this uh, strike on Soleimani outside the Baghdad airport. So, for the full contact the context of what actually happened here, I want to go through the whole story and we'll get to kind of reactions and our own opinions of it. But this all, at least in, in this uh, recent week kind of begins with the attack on the U S embassy in Baghdad. 
So on Tuesday, uh, Iranian-backed militia, as it's reported, attacked the uh, U.S. embassy in Baghdad. This was in response to U.S. airstrikes last Sunday that killed 25 and wounded 55 uh, Khatib. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Khatib Hezbollah militiamen across Iraq and Syria which itself followed a December 27th rocket attack on an Iraqi airbase. The U.S. has blamed Khatib Hezbollah for that rocket attack. So there was a funeral for those militiamen who themselves had been launching rockets or committing attacks. This A mob from the funeral marched to the U.S. embassy in Baghdad and started taunting security personnel, chanting, uh, death to America, death to Israel, and down, down, USA. They threw stones and water over the wall. They set fire to the reception area. They raised their flags. They sprayed graffiti, and they tried to break through windows and doors at the facility. Here's footage of what some of that looked like. Chanting death to America, an unprecedented assault. Hundreds of Shiite militia and their supporters today laying siege to the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. It's supposed to be one of the most secure in the world, and yet crowds tried to storm the compound, setting fire to guard posts and embassy walls, prying an embassy plaque off the entrance and trying to break through windows, just a pane of glass separating guards from protesters. And then I added this clip just because anytime there's like burqa warfare, I, I just... <laughs> right. I know I shouldn't find it funny, but I'll be honest, I do. Beekeeper warfare amuses me. Call me a bad person for chuckling a little bit, but there, there, these burqa-clad women hauling in rocks and supplying rocks to these uh, to the mourners, as we'll get to in a little bit. Mourners from the funeral who are using them to damage the embassy. This, this is what that looks like. Okay. So in response to that, 100 Marines with helicopter support were deployed to secure the embassy. The army also deployed a battalion of 750 paratroopers. Rioting flared up again on January 1st with additional attempts at fire starting, prompting Marines to deter the mob with tear gas. The State Department says all American personnel are safe and there are no plans to evacuate the embassy. And then uh, shortly thereafter comes the strike on Soleimani. But we kind of got to establish who Soleimani is, what uh, what he's about. I, there was a lot of Googling of this guy by myself included. I'm not going to pretend to be a Soleimani expert prior to this, but the guy has quite a history. Um, okay, so Jim Phillips, who's the Middle East and analyst for conservative think tank Heritage Foundation, says he's probably the most powerful figure that is generally unknown outside Iran and the Middle East. He's essentially Iran's viceroy for Iraq. And I also knew almost nothing about him before this. Um, he rose to prominence during the 1980 to 88 Iran-Iraq war. And by 2013 had become one of Iran's most important figures. He was named major general of the Quds force. I've heard people say Quds and Quds. So I'm, I wonder if I'm mispronouncing this. We're just going to go with whatever just we say. We'll go back and forth. Oh, yeah, we will. You know, um, in 98, <laughs> he ran it until his death. And the Quds Force has no equivalent in the U.S., but people describe it as analogous to combined CIA and special forces. Mm -hmm. It has about 20,000 personnel and has been designated a terrorist group by the U.S. since 2007. Um, as far as his uh, particular involvement in, in terrorist activity, the Pentagon 
has linked him to the introduction into Iraq of sophisticated roadside bombs. And they say that that's killed hundreds of U.S. troops. Is there a reason you put quotations around that? Do you have reason to doubt it? Well, you you kind of did this. I don't think I think it, it was just a. Was, oh, okay. Maybe I misinterpreted. Um, is there any doubt? N- no. Okay. There's no doubt. There is no doubt at all. I I just, my hands just did that. I don't know what to say. Gotcha. <laughs> I wounded thousands more during the peak of fighting there in the mid two thousands. Um, but I've also read that he was being closely monitored for a great deal of time before this. Uh, and there was no talk in any of our agencies about eliminating him before now. Oh, well, he's been in the sights of the U.S. several times before. Yeah. 2007, I think, was the uh, most recent, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's a long history. I mean, and, I, it's um, impossible to know what's going inside, on inside of these agencies. But I did read an account of somebody who I think was working with the CIA that said, like, we have never seriously discussed eliminating him before this point. Never, never is not accurate, at least according to Trump and other and the State Department. So. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe recent. I don't know. I don't know the recent history of that. Uh, anyway, so he's hanging out at the Baghdad airport. He's driving around in a convoy. And uh, this is on, on Friday, Baghdad time, uh, which is late Thursday U.S. time, or at least when it was announced. And um, and he's hit by a his convoy is is hit by one of these uh, these Reaper drones. And this was at the direction of the president who reportedly watched the news play out while eating ice cream. So thanks to CNN for that. I don't know how they could possibly know that, but irrelevant. Two scoops, I'm sure. Uh, so these MQ-9 Reaper drones, these things fly at altitudes of 1,500 feet and they have a range of 1,150 miles. They are remotely operated by a pilot and a sensor operator. They are uh, There are 93 of these in the Air Force's arsenal. Uh, based on footage of the aftermath of the strike, it's also deadly accurate uh, with its Hellfire missiles. The vehicles in Soleimani's convoy are just twisted, burning metal. Here's some of the scenes after the fact. So announcing the strike uh, late on Friday, Trump described Soleimani's actions uh, against the United States, uh, his reasoning for why he he did this. And he said the strike uh, was not done to start a war, but rather to prevent a war. Here's what the president had to say. Last night at my direction, the United States military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. For years, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its ruthless Quds Force under Soleimani's leadership has targeted, injured, and murdered hundreds of American civilians and servicemen. The recent attacks on U.S. targets in Iraq including rocket strikes that killed an American and injured four American servicemen very badly, as well as a violent assault on our embassy in Baghdad, were carried out at the direction of Soleimani. We took action last night to stop a war. We did not 
take action to start a war. Did he think that this would just be ever escalating? I find that hard to believe. Also, um, I'm being informed by the live chat and by, by other people and through text that he did take out tons of ISIS members. Yeah, sometimes you can have... Uh... Sometimes you can have strange bedfellows, but I would not uh, take that to mean that he's somehow a friend of the United States. Well, I wouldn't claim that either, but don't you think this might have been an overreaction? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, if if he is responsible for killing hundreds of our service members and training other people to do it, I don't think killing him is an overreaction at all. Let's continue this discussion. I think okay. <laughs> I mean, if there's if there's reason to be skeptical of that claim, then I'd like to hear it. But I'm not aware of the reason for skepticism. I mean, most of actually we'll talk about Trump's later tweets. That's that's mostly what I have gripes about the cultural stuff. So uh, in, in response, Iran says uh, so Ayatollah uh, Ali Khamenei says there will be a harsh retaliation that is waiting. Khamenei also named uh, Major General Ishmael Ghani to replace Soleimani as the leader of the Quds force. Trump's response to Iran's response, which you're referencing here, is uh, so he, he put out a tweet thread that says Iran is talking very boldly about targeting certain USA assets as revenge for our ridding the world of their terrorist leader who had, who had just killed an American and badly wounded many others, not to mention all of the people he had killed over his lifetime, including recently hundreds of Iranian protesters he was already attacking our embassy and preparing for additional hits in other locations. Iran has been nothing but problems for many years. Let this serve as a warning that if Iran strikes any Americans or American assets, we have targeted 52 Iranian sites representing the 52 American hostages taken by Iran many years ago, 79 to 81. Uh, some at a very high level and important to Iran and the Iranian uh, culture and those targets and Iran itself will be hit very fast and very hard. The USA wants no more threats. Very fast and very hard in all caps, of course, in, t in true uh, Trumpian style. So you take issue with the tweets? Well, I think that uh, threatening to destroy something of the utmost cultural value in an ancient civilization like like Iran, I, I, like I, I read that and I was like, oh my God, is this what we've become? Well, I, I mean in response to messing with us. It's not saying, hey, I'm going there to go take out your stuff. It's saying there's a very simple solution, which is stop being terrorists and you're not going to get any kind of reaction from us. Leave us alone. We leave you alone. But th this is a threat for response if they want to continue a fight. So I wouldn't take it. I, I, I wouldn't take it as I'm going to go do this to you. It's I'm going to do this if you continue to attack us or you follow through on threats to attack us. <clears throat> I mean, is that, a, is that not a distinction that matters? I just, there's, I can only say a fraction of the things that I want to. I'm just, I'm going to get ripped apart by my family after this, but. What? Well, say, say what you want to say. No, I, my hands are tied here. Okay. <laughs> okay. As long as, as long as they're tied by you and not me, I'm not, I'm not putting no, up any kind you. of barricades I mean, here. I, I've, I find a lot of this really distasteful. I understand that it's reactionary, but I mean, I'm not the only one. Did you see Tucker Carlson's take on it? I'm pretty much with Tucker on this one. He's been totally eviscerated for what he said on Friday, which is virtually like we have real domestic issues. Should we be investing our resources into something like this? And Americans have, um, uh, they have no appetite 
for Middle Eastern involvement. Like we have been here before. Yeah, I mean, this is this is reminiscent of Iraq. I have some sympathies with that perspective, maybe a lot. I just the other side of it, and we'll get to it once we get to our opinions here, is is I don't think that that requires that I lay down for someone who's not only an enemy of this country, but for somebody who, if the State Department is correct, is responsible for the death of hundreds of our people. I, I don't, I don't, just because I would like less involvement in this part of the world, and I'd like less of this situation generally, does I don't think that means that I have to go. Oh well, it's fine. He can carry on and he can be driving around in Iraq for some reason. I know, but are we going to have like ever escalating involvement with Iran, hostile involvement with Iran? That would that could be potentially disastrous on a world scale. Nobody yeah, wants I, that. I agree that that long term I would like to be more or less out of this. But I guess I just don't know that that means I have to conclude that we should just uh, let let guys like this go if we have a clean shot to take them out. I mean, in a perfect world, I don't I want less involvement in these places, of course. In reality, we do have involvement there and they're attacking our people. It's like, mm. what do you do? I mean, nothing on our soil as of yet, which I think is relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do agree that, like, if we could get out of all of this stuff cleanly and generally mess less in the Middle East, mess with that part of the world less, I don't necessarily fear iran attacking the u.s mainland but uh i don't know maybe that's naive maybe that's foolish well i i do fear that they may eventually do that but it's important to note that as of yet they haven't yeah no terrorist attacks on u.s soil well the uh democratic response uh responding to trump and responding to the strike um democrats 2020 presidential candidates at least are mainly focusing on the fear of what's coming next so as I mentioned, there's a lot of like, this is an act of war. We're starting a war. We're going to drag it into World War III. We'll see how it plays out. A lot of that, that stuff is speculation. It's predictive. And then they, they, they've zeroed in on this kind of con- uh, congressional authority over war declaration point. So here's uh, a few of those Democrats making their points. No matter how great and reviled he was in the West, he was a senior figure in the Iranian government. And there's no doubt that Iran will in fact respond. Indeed, they've already vowed vengeance. If we have learned nothing else from the Middle East, it's that taking out a bad guy is not a good idea unless you are ready for what comes next. Was Congress consulted? Because the last time I checked, the power to go to war in the United States of America rests with Congress. So we still have a lot of questions that need to be answered. Uh, with this use of military force, what the consequences would could be, and uh, what the appropriate uh, consultations or involvement of Congress was. Oh, I disagree Nan- with the latter part of that statement, but I mean, largely I agree with a lot of what these people have said, what, what these Democrats have said. We should be so reticent about using military force in the Middle East. Have, has, hasn't anybody learned what, what's happened in the last you know, several decades? Yeah, I can agree with that general sentiment, but... Uh... Is this truly, I guess the question is, is this an offensive attack or is this defensive or reactive? And I, I also understand the point. It well, wouldn't be reactive. Well, also the question, is, is it appropriately reactive? I, well, if, if what is said about him is true and that he's actively attacking our people in this way, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I mean, is there, a, is there a statute of limitations on that? Is there a certain, it, I, I'm left to wonder what he's doing in Iraq. Like, why is he there? 
if if we had say assassinated him while he's sitting at drinking his coffee in Tehran, but what's he doing driving around in Baghdad? Mm. That that I'm unclear about. I I can't necessarily think that he's he's not being a threat in such a scenario, but maybe I'm missing something. Um. Anyway, uh, Nancy Pelosi says much the same about congressional authority. Here. And she uh, so she says, quote, the administration has conducted tonight strikes in Iraq, targeting high level Iranian military officials and killing Iranian uh, Quds Force Commander Soleimani without an authorization for use of military force against Iran. Further, this action was taken without the consultation of Congress. Now, generally, of Wait, course, who said that? Nancy Pelosi? That's, that's Nancy Pelosi. Huh. Now, generally, of course, I would be on board with with Congress sticking with its constitutional ownership of war powers. I think that would be a good thing. However, I don't buy this as authentic from any of them, really. Uh, so it, it, as far as the congressional uh, authorization, Congress did authorize this, at least debatably so. But the reality is, so the, according to the administration, this was done under the uh, use of military force uh, against terrorists authorization passed in 2002, giving uh, then President Bush authorization to go after those responsible for 9-11 and, quote, any associated forces. Now, we can make an argument about whether that should be appropriately extend to this particular situation or not, or if Iraq is even relevant or if Soleimani is even relevant. But the authority granted by Congress is very, very broad. And it's so broad that it was used in Iraq as well. And if you've had all this time to adjust that congressional authorization to be much more specific. And you haven't, you've just waited until, um, until, until Trump did something you don't like. And suddenly you care about that a lot. Um, so I, I, I wish Nancy Pelosi would have gotten to fixing this issue in the many, many years she's been in Congress. And this has been the standard. Um, uh, I'm also being told that he was attending a funeral in Iraq. Yeah, they were all attending a funeral for the people who were killed by the missile right. strikes. I mean, do you think that that makes it more legitimate? Makes what more legitimate? I mean, you were just questioning his presence in Iraq. Uh, was he just hanging out at the funeral doing nothing? Wasn't he with another terrorist leader who was also uh, killed in the uh, strike? There was more than just him. Well, I mean, so, he wasn't alone yet. Yeah, there was another high-level leader. I forget what exactly what force, but uh, yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical why he's there, and and if we're gonna, uh, I'm not gonna get on board with the narrative that everybody, that mob that was there, the mourners who went to a U.S. embassy and attacked it, are simply innocent mourners who've done nothing wrong. I can't, I can't get on board with that idea. But maybe the uh, the New York Times can persuade me. <laughs> their headlines it is interesting the left's taking this perspective now i mean they had moved to full warmongering status with iraq and, and now they're they're trying to but you know I, I i do agree with a little what a lot of the democrats said well i have to say i don't think that that's an insane position my only uh response would be that the positions they're taking i don't believe are in principle i think they're just orange man bad takes of course they're not in principle yeah yeah uh as far as this congressional authorization thing, the other the other complicating factor is here uh, here is Congress is in recess. If you have an opportunity to take out an enemy of the United States on somewhat of an urgent basis, how how could you possibly have had some kind of congressional declaration urgent enough to address the opportunity? That's not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, and and then if Nancy Pelosi wants to be trusted with this sort of intelligence and this sort of decision making. 
maybe she should show a little good faith towards Trump. Like, would you share any national security information with <laughs> yeah, Nancy right. Pelosi or Adam Schiff or any of these people? It's well, gonna of leak. course not. It's going to leak in two seconds. And then, of course, none of these Democrats had any issue with Obama doing this exact same thing. Uh, I mean, how, what, he's the drone strike king. I forget what the number is, but isn't it in the thousands or something? Uh, he, he did this routinely. And that doesn't make it right. I'm not saying Obama did it so it's right. I'm just saying I don't buy the outrage as authentic in any way. This was a routine for years. Suddenly it's, it's out of bounds. Um, but hey, if I'm to believe that the 2020 Democrats are going to run on reducing their own power and putting appropriate power back in Congress's hands, if, I, if they're running on constitutional fidelity, I'm all ears. Please do go on. I would like to hear more, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to buy that. I mean, I think that they're taking the temperature of the general public and they see that people have no appetite for Middle Eastern involvement. They're like, OK, I also I also agree with you. I, I don't think that this is based on on principle, but um, people on the right are sharply divided on this. It's going to create is, a massive rift on the right. It is pretty interesting. Yeah. Like um, our live chat is just like half like blondes retarded and half mass retarded. <laughs> well, maybe I miss it. I'm open to the idea that I'm missing some key piece of fact. And if I am, clue me in. Um, but I don't, I, I also don't think it has to be such a black and white thing. I don't think that if you generally would like to be less interventionist in the Middle East, that you have to say that this is an awful thing that should have never happened. And we're going to all die in a nuclear war because of it. Like, I didn't say that about when bin Laden was killed. You know, I didn't say that when al-Baghdadi was killed. Do I want to be, were any of these war? nations uh, as much of a threat as Iran? Well, we're also talking about a specific individual who happens to lead a, a national force in this case. Right. But he had a lot of cultural value and he was revered. So, so you know, what? if he's still a, if he's still a terrible person off the Iranian people, that's what I'm saying. I'm not well, saying that I'm saying that like as an individual, this was high, a highly symbolic assassination. I guess, but I'm not going to judge whether something is justified based on whether people like the guy or are inspired by him or not. I mean, no, Osama bin Laden was a highly symbolic think, figure. We we obviously have to think about what the the reaction of the Iranian people is going to be. I don't know. This. I don't. I don't know I mean, that I have. That's to, clearly relevant when you're deciding whether or not it's or, or who to. It's kill. not. It's not irrelevant, but I guess I don't like to. I don't like to make these decisions with a fear of how other people will bully us around. It's like, if you want some, if you want to keep poking in the way that this guy poked and then you get some in response, like I, I'm not going to feel bad for him. No, I'm, I'm saying feel, that, that from a, a policy standpoint, our reactions have to be measured. But what if, if this guy is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of our guys, what is not measured about taking him out? Like what was imprecise about this? No, I'm just saying, I mean, we're going to have to see what the reaction is, but if this leads to ever escalating hostility with Iran that blows up, then it might've been an overreaction. I mean, I guess, it, I it guess could time be will as, as long as we're mm -hmm. willing to assign somewhat equal responsibility. Like I don't like this escalation language as though the United States is uniquely the provocateur here. Like that as though, uh, Soleimani himself or the rest of these militia in Iraq have no responsibility for what's happening. Mm. Are, do they, are they totally free and clear? Are they innocent? Oh, I'm not saying that. I mean, as long as there's some, some, that's, I guess that's why I don't like the escalation language. But that's how um, these things happen. Yeah. But, but the other side of that is laying down the, the, the vice of, of worrying about escalation is laying down for people who are going to bully you 
And I don't like that side of it either. You know, I mean, I don't like this either, but you know, we do have a history of like dick swinging in the Middle East. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I, I guess I don't know that I take this to be that. If it's a guy who's killing our guys and he gets taken out, is it dick swinging or is it just. If this is different, it's different. I'm just saying that the American people have a right to look skeptically at the actions of our government and the involvement that we have in the Middle East and whether or not uh, some of the things that we do are justified because we've been in situations like this before. And, and, you know, Afghanistan, we've been there for what, 19 years now? 19 years? Yeah, most of our lives. These things are never ending. They're just never ending. They go on forever. People die pointlessly in these wars. We have to think about the long-term consequences of this kind of behavior. And I think that that should factor in to whether or not we take these kinds of, of militaristic approaches. I think it's relevant. Okay, so <laughs> how about we compromise on like, this guy gets it and then we get the hell out of there. <laughs> but we're not, we no, never do that. That's the thing. I know. I, point taken. Point taken. Like there is no, I would be much more satisfied if we had some plan where it's like, all right, we're going to do this and then we're done. We're out of here. Right. And we share if, the same goal of less involvement. For exactly. Sure. And then a few weeks ago, um, that Washington Post article comes out with uh, all, I think they were army generals saying that like, we never had a plan in Afghanistan. People were just telling us, you know, they were just like generating these reports about uh, how, how the strides that we had taken and all of this stuff. And it was just all horseshit. And like, hmm. I just, I, I'm really afraid that something like that is going to happen again. And I think the American public probably is too. I mean, this, we remember this. This just happened. We all know people that uh, were involved in these wars. Yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, not to not to. I want to stay on on time is all. So and we'll continue with this a little bit more before we're already forty five minutes into it. So we do have to move along. But uh, anyway, the media response has basically been something of a, a, a replay or a sequel to the uh, the austere religious scholar language on Al Baghdadi. Yeah. So uh, New York Times kicked it off by again, just characterizing all of the, the mob that went to storm the embassy as hundreds of Iraqi mourners who tried to storm the embassy. Um, again, for context, they were mourning the deaths of terrorists who launched rockets at U.S. targets and, and Iraqi military targets. Um, anyway, uh, so, so mourning the deaths of terrorists and committing further terrorism. That's the kind of mourning that we're talking about. We're talking about the mourning here. And uh, as far as uh, Soleimani, the Washington Post describes him as Iran's most revered military leader. Uh, The New Yorker describes him as a former construction worker and bodybuilder with snowy white hair, a dapper beard, and arching salt and pepper eyebrows. Gained notice during the eight-year war in Iraq in the 1980s. The New York Times uh, called him a larger, at least in the eyes of Iranians, a larger-than-life hero, particularly within security circles. Anecdotes about his aestheticism and quiet charisma joined to create an image of a warrior philosopher who became the backbone of a nation's defense against a host of enemies. Uh, He was hailed as, this is according to CNN, he was hailed as a hero in Iran, brave, charismatic, and beloved by his troops. Now, to be as fair to these as possible, <laughs> that could be true in the eyes of some Iranians. That's certainly not universal. He was not kind to his own people. Certainly, treatment of protesters in Iran apparently was 
particularly vengeful against them. But th- this is also the go-to, like in the CNN article, this is point one. Oh, he was, he was hailed as a hero. Okay, by whom? And was that a universal opinion? It, it was not. Uh, it does seem to me that they're trying to spin some sort of sympathy for this man. Uh, but that would be my own interpretation. you have any disagreements on that? Um, I don't know what to do because I really have to pee and the baby's pushing on my bladder. So <laughs> should I do this now or should I wait till the end of the segment? Well, you can go pee now. I can talk about Colin Kaepernick and Rose McGowan really quickly. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. Hurry. Push okay. it out fast. Okay. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is back as well. And uh, he was tweeting out, there's nothing new about American terrorist attacks against black and brown people for the expansion of American imperialism. America has always sanctioned and besieged black and brown bodies, both at home and abroad. America, American militarism is the weapon wielded by American imperialism to enforce its policing and plundering of the non-white world. Uh, I guess because the only reason the Middle East is a mess is the white man. Uh, and America, presumably. Um, and, and I guess my question on this, too, is if, if militaristic action in a country that isn't yours is wrong, why isn't Soleimani also wrong? But I guess Soleimani is, uh, is a hero of Colin Kaepernick's. No word on when the shoes might come out, but we'll see if they do. And, uh, you know, I understand that there's a, a lot of differing opinion on this one. I hope maybe we could all come together. Shut Caesar up. She's not even here to stop him. This is going to become a mess here. There we go. I'll wait. Sorry. <laughs> Did you get Caesar to shut up? I'm sorry. Was he barking that whole time? No, for like oh, okay. five seconds. But I was thinking, good God, this is going to become a disaster. I could have muted him, I guess. <sighs> Thank you so uh, much. I'm fine. Anyway, <laughs> so, so there's a wide, diver- as we were mentioning, there's a wide divergence of opinions, even on the right, on this. I hope we can all come together. Can we agree Rose McGowan takes the cake for worst take? <sighs> yeah. And then I think that we should probably talk about why there, uh, there is such a huge fissure on the right. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rose McGowan tweets out, Dear Iran, the USA has disrespected your country, your flag, your people. 52% of us humbly apologize. We want peace with your nation. We are being held hostage by a terrorist regime. We do not know how to escape. Please do not kill us. Uh, I mean, to take whatever your take on this whole situation is, you're not being held hostage. You can leave any time. You just don't. Especially a person like Rose McGowan. She has the means to do so. She just doesn't. I, this might be up there in terms of incredible ratios uh, on Twitter. 75,000 responses on 22,000 likes. So, well, you can't uh, really tell if something's ratioed on Twitter, I suppose. Um, we, and then I have kind of my own interpretation of this, but we've kind of already been over this. You know, like my... my or do you want to talk about why there's such a fissure here? I don't need to rehash sort of my own opinion on this, which um, I've kind I mean, of already stated. I'm this, this might just rip the, the right apart, but it seems hmm. to be uh, whether the question of whether or not we're doing this at the behest of Israel, that that seems to be the question on the right. Hmm. Um, and then there's this element of like, there still is kind of an element of warmongering on the right. We have this new age kind of, millennial style neocon charlie kirk type group and i think that uh some of the people on the right just find that so distasteful so i think that this might be the issue that that just splits splits the right I guess, apart depending I mean, on how it concern is like do i do i want our guys there generally no i don't but the reality is they are and guys like soleimani guys trained by soleimani are killing them 
and I, I don't want to just lay down for that. I don't want to say like, well, that's fine. You know, we'll just, we'll, again, I would like to see long term. I'd like to see this scaled back. I'd like to have a plan to get out. I'd like to stop doing this perpetually. But Absolutely. if you want to see the but, scaled back, uh, then, then aren't you, aren't you concerned? Aren't you worried about it? Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that, I don't think that means that I must lay down and say, well, Soleimani, like I, I want to see an end to this. So he has to go free and we'll just not worry about it because I don't want to escalate any further. Like this guy is that the is, only alternative solution though. What alternative are you proposing? Cause to me, <laughs> well, a, pre- a, a precise airstrike that, that takes him out with, as far as I understand, basically no collateral. Right. But I, that's I know, just but, where we are right now. He's talking about yeah. destroying cultural monuments that are, um, if, irreplaceable and priceless to the Iranian people. If Iran, met, I mean, first of all, this is the if same. If Iran guy who, responds who talks, to this, which they clearly will, because he was an important. Figure but but that's up to them. Iran has a very simple option here, which is stop doing terrorist activity. Like just stop. I know we have an option to leave the Middle East too, which I generally would like to see. But Iran, stop doing terrorist shit, and you won't get that kind of response. But to to Trump's threats, if you want to call it that. Uh, this is the same guy who talks about how big his nukes are compared to Kim Jong. I don't think he's going to follow through on this sort of stuff. And I don't, as far as Iran goes, I think they're going to do some small scale. They're going to try to do some cyber warfare shit. Maybe they'll, they'll try to do some, they'll try to prop up some militia attack like we saw on the embassy. But in terms of like full scale, say nuclear war or, or large scale war, I don't think they want the fight any more than we do. Maybe I'm naive there, but I I don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I I definitely hope that you're right. But I'm also worried about this just being kind of a tit for tat thing until we're fully involved and, and have invaded. And and that would just be a disaster. I mean, the, the Iraq point, did not happen all at once. It was like a series of these decisions where yeah. they slowly convinced the American people this is something that had to be done to retain our integrity as a nation. Yeah. And that's how we got so deeply involved. And I, and I, I this just it's reminiscent of that. And I, I'm really worried. We can't get involved in the same way. I mean, this just happened. Doesn't I certainly, I, yeah, I certainly share the concern and want, like, I would like to have a defined plan to get ourselves out of this. Absolutely. But they never do that. Um, yeah. They never. Well, uh, yes, I would like to see that, but it doesn't happen. And then, then what's the solution? I think that, well, that's why I'm not a high level military commander or <laughs> the president yeah. of the United States. And to be fair, Trump did run on this, like, let's stop the endless wars. Right. And it's not, it's not happening. Um, not let's start another endless war with no end point. I don't ever escalating. I guess my only dispute with that is, is this starting a war or is this responding to wrongs that were committed against us and our allied people? Yeah. I mean, I suppose that we have to wait and see uh, to answer that. But um, I, I'm just really apprehensive to trust yeah. the federal government as far as Middle Eastern militaristic policy is concerned, considering everything that's happened. Um, you know, I mean, in terms of just general approach on that, like I'm a big believer in speak softly and carry a big stick. Trump probably didn't speak that softly on Twitter. I will grant that point. But I guess what I'm saying is the stick has to matter. If you attack this country, the stick has to matter. And whether or not we should be there, whether or not the embassy should be there, the fact of the matter is the embassy is there. And I have to treat that, I have to treat an attack on that place the exact same way I would treat an attack on the U.S. homeland. That's our property. Those are our guys. And as far as his response to, to, um, to North Korea... I think that that needs to be treated differently because that is a situation 
where some dick swinging is going to have the right kind of impact. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Well, well, why think, wouldn't it? Why not with Iran? I just think that they're different cultures. And I think uh, Kim Jong-un, he has this like strange reverence for American pop culture. <laughs> is There's like some weird dynamic there where he probably would kind of respect the threats. And that's kind of how they, they speak to one another. And so I'm, I'm so much less worried about North Korea. Uh, well, I, I guess my counter on Iran would be we've sort of tried the play nice thing. We've tried the Iran deal. You and I talked about that a whole bunch. Um, we've tried the you've tried the carrot with Iran. It doesn't seem like it's working. And I'm not saying that the, the stick needs to be you go and invade Tehran. I don't know what the solution here is. All I, the only thing I'm worried about is just laying down for people who are, are killing our guys. Now, the, the counter might be, let's not put them there to be killed. I agree. Let, uh, and uh, maybe, maybe that's the, the proper answer here. Let's, let's get our guys out of there and stop doing this. Because, I, I mean, I, I certainly believe, and I think you and I would agree, U.S. presence there, U.S. presence not there. There's going to be all kinds of sectarian violence until the end of time. I don't know that our military presence has any hope of improving the situation. It's going to be a mess while we're there. It's going to be a mess if we're gone. The only question is whether we put ourselves in danger by leaving. And I don't know that I'm super convinced that we do. I, I, I don't know. People with higher pay grades than ours get paid to solve these problems. Yeah, I know. I mean, I am also troubled by the division on the right because I think that people are being highly reactionary about this. Um, and, and I don't want our government to behave in that way. But but Trump is more than anything. He's a populist. And we knew when we when we elected him that that was going to be the situation. And so I fear if the general public is reactionary about these things and forceful because he has such a fragile ego that he'll respond in kind. Um, and that's, you know, we knew that getting into to this with him. But if this con continues to escalate, like, I don't know that I can, um, I don't know that I can vote for him again. I, I, if I'm wrong, I'll take full ownership, but let's, let's like revisit this in six months. I bet yeah. we're in the exact same spot that we're in currently. It may have fizzled and, out. I mean, we were speaking this way about Syria. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The strike in Syria that itself was, was, uh, supposedly yeah. at the time going to be a cause of major war. Yeah. And, um, anyway, we, I, we're kind of talking ourselves in circles. So, you know, obviously, obviously we, <laughs> I don't want to pretend like I, I'm trying to be as, uh, co uh, as comprehensive with the facts as I understand them and trying to be as honest with the principles that I've articulated this, on this show as, uh, as I can. And, um, I can't pretend to have the answers to as complex of problems as these are. So, uh, I certainly, like I said, if there's, if there's crucial information that I've missed or something, send, send me an email. Man, it is a uh, remarkable how how much of our audience is just like so one hundred percent behind Trump, no matter what. Yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know that that's fair to say they're only behind him, no matter what. They probably have their reasons. But well, I think that a disdain for the left has motivated people on the right to be like, this is our best option, so th therefore. I support him basically no matter what he does, but like he, we have to criticize him when he needs to be criticized. Yeah, I think this course. is something valid. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, look, we can move on to, unless there, is there anything else you want to talk about on this one? 
no, this is a really nuanced discussion. And, you know, I'm, I'm upset with, with the outcome this week. This, I, I found this very upsetting. Um, well, yeah, I can understand uh, being in that position as well. Why? And, and it's not, it doesn't take a personal connection. I, I certainly, I, that's, I think we come from the same perspective, which is like, I don't want our guys getting killed. I don't want our guys at risk. This is a guy who puts our guys at risk. This is a guy who killed our guys. And so to me, I, I, I don't, I don't see a problem in him facing justice, particularly if that justice is uh, delivered with precision that minimizes. But, um, we also have to think that if we're going to be doing this middle Eastern involvement, if Trump's going to be doing that, that we're also endangering our own men. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> well, I look forward to when we get like a big uh, bullet point list of how this is going to all come to an end. And I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to ask that of a president who ran basically on that platform. I mean, we've seen two presidents in a row now that have basically run on that platform of ending the endless wars and it's just not happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly share that uh, frustration. We'll see yeah. how this plays out. Anyway, uh, I can't. <laughs> we, should we do a break? Should we do a break before we when we'll do the rest of the topics to close the show? Is yeah, that we can. Playing? I'm good to go since you let me pee during that segment. <laughs> I was starting to get really worried. I, was like, oh, no. I knew this was going to be that kind of show too, where it's like uh, this is going to be a highly, highly divisive or highly divided. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. Yeah. It's definitely going to get downvoted a bunch. That's fine. I think mostly because of my stance, uh, but. I don't know. I think what I think. And it won't be as downvoted as uh, the other one we did in Iran a few years ago. Which wasn't tough enough. (laughs) No, it was too tough. They said we were anti-Semitic. That's what it was. No, on Iran. Right. On Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Should we... I should do some super chat, shouldn't I? Dakota Stanton, welcome to World War War III, you mad lads. Uh, Nobody says... Thanks for who's, hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, who's excited for Chosen Media's upcoming release? J War 2020 Iran edition. 18 years. Oh my God. Six trillion dollars and six million reasons to never question how great it'll be. Can't wait to see the Don's genius pay off. That one probably Ooh. should not have made the cut. How am I supposed to know? I probably could have stopped halfway through, but it was funny. Uh, Richard Enormous. They should draft all the e thoughts in World War III. Their beta orders will make excellent fanatics. We could use them to retake Constantinople in the name of Byzantium. Um, I mean, this has occurred to me before. If we get more deeply involved in the Middle East and we have some sort of draft situation, do you think that all these feminists are suddenly going to be like, oh, well, it's time for gender equality now. Yeah, they're going to fill out their cards right away. Yeah. I can't wait. Shouting from the cheap, cheap seats. Noah's Ark is a fairy tale. Well, so is Russiagate. If it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Fraud. It's not Meet the Trump Obsessed. It's Beauty and the Beta. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Trump's idea to sanction Iraq if they force our troops to leave and won't leave until they pay for the airport in full? Pretty wild thing to say. Sanction Iraq if they force our troops to leave and we won't leave until they pay for the airport in full. Uh, I'm not exactly sure I follow, Me neither. but, uh, getting Iraq to pay for the damage done by the strike. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Basically. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. I, I bought PVN a uh, big donation. Thank you, sir. 
or ma'am. I don't know. Happy New Year, money grabbers. We oh, are. Well, indeed. I get to hit my favorite button then. I am not going to be niggardly. Son, so. Thank you. No, you don't have it open. Josh Frost, Matt, and I once made love, and we heard the army doesn't draft queers. I still don't <laughs> think we needed to film it, it for proof, but Matt was insistent. Gross. Um, Can you become transgender to avoid the draft in World War Three? That's the yeah, great really. question. Uh, let's we'll just do see. two more, and then we should circle sure. out at the end. How about that? Um, uh, yeah, and then uh, we got a few over on Streamlabs. I'll check it out on DLive as well. Nala Black. Don Lemon is disgusting. We'll talk about it in a second. Also, no tool stuff this week. Just shekels and throwing shade at the gayest man on CNN, and he has to compete with Anderson Cooper for that title. That's true. Can't, can't we all just Cooper. chill out and make fun of a drunk Don Lemon for a few minutes, have some Every unity year. once again? <laughs> Last year was the one where he got like really wasted, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was a couple years ago. I think it might have been the 2017 one. 2017, 2018. can't remember. Um, comrade Monkey Lungs. No one is ever really gone. Sit tight, Satanson. Hashtag resist. One remember more. Remember Comrade Monkey Lungs, who said that I was going to have to leave the country. Uh, oh, that's And right. the threat never materialized. That's so, true. So uh, I, I look forward to the threat being enforced. Uh, last one. Let's just do one more. Um, there have been three bombings on U.S. targets in the past five years. Kenya, Libya, and a convoy, a military academy. Iraq voted our troops out. $80 million bounty on Trump's head. Not even up-to-date info. That was, uh, yeah, that was put out, but okay. I mean, you're welcome to your up-to-date info if you find my presentation unsatisfactory. Do you think that Kevin is also the JQ? I have no idea. But if it's just as spicy, you'll have to exercise your, exercise your own discretion. We'll circle back for these. Skip Mayfield says... Queso Salami, I like that. I'm going with that pronunciation. Queso Salami, or whatever his name is, is spending eternity in the same manner he died, hellfire. Cameron says, feminists will win equal rights. U.S. military draft opening intensifies. I believe World War II is just a distraction, or World War III, rather, of course. It's just a distraction to placate the Boogaloo Boys and the ongoing invasion of the country. Look at who calls for war, and they've been wrong 109 times before. Attack Alpaca says, congrats on the Vikings' big upset win. Matt, I wish my Bills could join you guys in the divisional round next weekend. Gut-wrenching loss to Houston yesterday. I did watch that game. Uh, but that was an exciting game, and uh, thanks thanks for the uh, kind words. Sid I says, am not going to be niggardly. Uh, I just got back from MAGFest. Seeing such community and celebration brings me hope for the future. It just tells me that no matter how bad things get, we can build anew. Every year should start with a festival it's a good. It's good for the soul. Uh, glad you had fun, and thanks for supporting the show. Much appreciated. Chicken Fried Monkey says, "I'm curious what your thoughts are about what's going on in Virginia. You seem unusually quiet about this topic. I ordered a magazine from my uh, for my boss from Sonoran Defense, and he loved it. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks for the recommendation. The reason I haven't talked about it on the show too we much, we've we've bit. mentioned it kind of in passing and had some references to it, but simply because it until the legislative session opens, it's kind of all." what's possible what's speculation now granted democrats have the power to do the things they're talking about doing but we don't have anything that's officially happening just yet although that's going to change very soon so as soon as they actually start passing bills i anticipate i'll be talking about this a, a lot more but um i just don't want to get too ahead of myself on that one we'll see we'll see how it plays out and of course uh you know my opinion on it if they actually do the things that they're talking about doing uh, yeah, I have no problem with uh, the people who are standing up for the Constitution and the sheriffs who are refusing to enforce unconstitutional laws and the people who are forming uh, militias uh, in their in their communities to defend their rights. Yeah. And as I've said a million times, that's not offensive. 
I'm not saying go attack people. What I'm saying is if the state of Virginia plans to come and violate the rights of its people, then they are justified in defending themselves. I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope the state of Virginia comes to their senses. Don't try it. But if they choose to try it, of course we will cover it. Phil says, uh, average male height in the U.S. Uh, has shrunk since the flood of Mexicans has started. <laughs> That's the gotta states be true. with the tallest average heights are the ones with the highest percentage of whites, he says. It's probably statistically true. That's a hate stat, but hate stats are still stats. I don't know, but it could be, could be crap. Who knows? Julian Castro is average, so... He's not changing the average, I guess. I don't know. Phil says, I can't be the only one that is skeptical about the info coming from the American government about Iran. That's a fair point. And I, I will say that like the, a lot of the info we were told about Iraq was false. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that this is certainly false on Iran, but I understand why there would be skepticism. After all, they have spent at least uh, 120 years lying to get us into wars. They have been using the dictator gas gassing <laughs> they've been uh, they've, uh, thank you <laughs> phil very spicy indeed chicken fried monkey hey blonde talk about uh what about a neutral name like tatum or charlie not necessarily those names but just being neutral i always wanted to name a daughter charlie after my favorite uncle of course with a very feminine middle name i think it's cute ignore the trans bs I don't know. No androgynous names for me. So you're not doing that. Definitely specifically feminine. Like hyper feminine names. Walsey says, good on Blonde for fighting for her principles. Trump may be ending the Iraq war as they've voted to kick us out. Why are we there? Blonde standing on principles. No way. Chicken Fried Monkey says, I'm getting a mental picture of all these millennials and Zoomers with their smartphones out, live streaming from the Middle East after they're drafted into another meaningless war. Cool. Um, yeah, the, the social media will definitely be entertaining. But, you know, I just, I don't, and I, I know this like half tongue in cheek. I'm not trying to, I'm not picking a fight or anything like that. I just, I'm trying to avoid getting, uh, we'll see, we'll see how these things play out. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't want to get caught in the trap of warning of things to come before they actually materialize. Yeah. And there's a lot of that talk on Twitter where it's like this uh, apocalyptic talk. And I, if it materializes, you know, of course we'll, we'll cross those bridges when we get to them. I just don't see it materializing just yet. Anyway, um, D live, uh, Let's see. Um, does it matter? Says Matt, remember your principles don't start none, won't be none, and we've started a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be as fair to that position as possible, like, is our presence in Iraq a good thing and or justified? And generally, I think the war in Iraq was a mistake, to be honest. If, if you could go back in history and change it, I think you probably would. Or at least change how, I don't know. Do you, do you change the removal of Saddam Hussein? Is it better or worse with Saddam or do you change certain things around the fringes? Point taken. And so if you're, if you're, if I'm trying to give that position as much credibility as possible, uh, the idea that we're there in an unjustified basis would be an act of aggression to which there are responses and never ending response. And what about Libya? Not, not necessarily the position I share, but I'm, I'm trying to be as honest about the competing perspectives on this as possible. Um, I do. And I, you know, I'm not going to pretend like people who are skeptical of this are totally unreasonable and they're anti-American or something. 
Uh, the other side of that that I would say is I don't think people who generally view this as justified, at least as we understand it as presented, are some kind of warmonger or like World War Three cheerleader or that sort of thing either. You know, it's it, also a nuanced perspective. I mean, Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein, they were both pieces of shit. I mean, that's yeah, indisputable. Think- but um, what we did to Gaddafi was also abhorrent and led to the migrant crisis in in Europe. And I and I think the big thing is uh, it's up to the Libyans and the Iraqi people to decide when those pieces of shit are no longer tolerable. Right. I don't think it's up to us. They have the right to self-determination just like anybody else does. And um, I guess I guess the question the question that we're getting at is like if our presence there is unjustified, does that mean I have to stand and take any abuse, mistreatment of our of our guys there? And I don't think I do. That that's I don't want to lay down for Soleimani. I don't want to lay down for Iran, regardless of whether. But I that agree might with our not be the there. only alternative. Like I just wish that we would explore more alternatives before making these. I mean, I, I know that that secrets have to be kept from from the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, nothing would ever get done. But this did seem impulsive to me. Well, I'm ready for a moment of unity. <laughs> so, yeah, we can all get together on this. So let's on let's all calm down. Let's all uh, remember that we're all friends here. At least I hope. And uh, let's let's take a look at. CNN's New Year's Eve, which is always entertaining. We don't have a sounder for this yet. I don't know. I guess it should be a recurring bit by now. I mean, I knew this was going to happen, and of course it happened. Wouldn't be New Year's Eve without drunk CNN antics, and specifically Don Lemon, but the mature themes actually started early in the night on New Year's Eve with hosts Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper. Uh, First, they actually were talking about... um, They were talking about Anderson Cooper's mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, wondering if she was going to be asked who had the largest cock in Hollywood by Anderson Cooper. This is what that exchange sounded like. She turned to Anderson and said, he's not going to ask me who has the biggest bleep of anyone I've ever been with, right? No, it was... She turns to me out of the blue and goes, he's not going to ask me who has the biggest cock in Hollywood, is he? Okay. That's what she asked. And just said it. Okay. <laughs> now, do I, I'm not going to, I'm not doing the church lady routine where, oh, I'm so offended. They said the word cock or whatever. The whole point is like, I seem to remember uh, Clay Travis being banned from CNN for saying what did that he, he believed. Say? Yeah. He said boobs. Oh, remember yeah. he was talking they to Brooke so Baldwin. They were so outraged. Yeah. He's banned on CNN. He's, he's not a CNN commentator anymore he's not invited on because he said he he believes in two things absolutely the first amendment and boobs yeah that's right but anderson when is anderson cooper going to be banned i look forward to it then they cut to uh reporter randy k who was talking to a drag queen mermaid in a rum tub and uh, andy cohen expresses admiration or interest in this uh drag queen mermaid Look what we found. I think we found the queen of the sea. Check this out. A mermaid in a bathtub here. I don't think I've ever seen a tail so huge. That's not the only thing that's huge here, honey. <laughs> Is she seeing anybody? Andy Cohen wants to know if you're seeing anyone. He already knows. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that was the early portion of the show. And then drunk Don Lemon comes on and he teases, hey, I've got a surprise and it's on my body. Turns out it's a, a tattoo. Sorry for the spoiler. Or at least an alleged tattoo. <sighs> and the tattoo is uh, Lemon 2020. 
And then he talks about how he wants to run for president and what what he wants the new year to bring. He wants um, he wants uh, the same unity that we want on this show. He wants everyone to come together and stop the hatred while he expresses hatred for other people. Here's Do we want that? I have a big announcement <laughs> and it's somewhere on my body. Wait, what? Um, what is happening? Are you ready? Normally we're in on this together. You are genuinely surprising me. This is. Uh, uh, I have a really big announcement to make. I gotta take this. Did home. you seriously get a tattoo? I might have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it's real. No, it is not. No, it's real. Do you want to run? Would you like to be my running mate? No, I got other things I want to do. John Lemon for president. I just want I just want us to come back together again as a country. I want us to stop uh, being so I sensitive. I want to get rid of the stupid racist and homophobes and bigots and i'm sick of that i'm sick of promoting those are opposite things i know it's It's unfortunate living in america now people are just so siloed they're so in their own corners and we just need dialogue it's become toxic i want people to come back together and i'm tired of people fighting they will they will people like will swing back walking through the crowd and people giving me white power signs it's disgusting (laughs) stop it america Stop it, everyone. Stop flashing the okay sign at Tom. I love how he talks about tolerance, and then he's like, but it's because of these intolerant racists that we can't <laughs> all get together, not the fact that they're constantly stirring the pot, yeah, pissing people well, off for no reason, um, talking about things that aren't important, like be, racism. We need to stop being so divisive and stop being so sensitive. Meanwhile, he's being as sensitive as possible and as divisive as possible. Like, people flashed me a hand sign I don't like, but stop being so sensitive. Also, like, people I don't like uh, are are bigots and homophobes and racists, but hey, let's all come together. I just think that you're morally inferior to me. That's all. I just think that you're a moral degenerate, but let's be friends. Anyway, he doesn't want to be your friend. That's That's the paradox here. We all need to come together, united around my hatred of you. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> There's also something uniquely sad about seeing grown ass people get really wasted, even if it's on New Year's. I just feel like anybody under 21 kind of gets a pass. Uh, well, it's it's like a tradition at uh, at CNN now. I mean, there's no question that like one of the few times I, it's not like I watched the whole broadcast. Wouldn't that but I'm definitely you? gonna I'm definitely gonna click around on New Year's every year to be like, all right, what did what was the drunk New Year's uh, CNN New Year's bit this year? I've seen I, I certainly drunk live see streams go horribly wrong before. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm so happy I don't drink because it would just be a disaster if I were immortalized by the drunken things that it's I already difficult online. enough to make a stream and make people happy. You don't need to add alcohol to the mix. It's only That's why Skag is a one <laughs> beer limit on the show. It's you need one to just get in the zone. But uh, anything beyond that, any I will never come close to being sloppy on a stream. I've seen terrible results too many times. And I'm at the point in my life where I just I don't get sloppy and I don't enjoy it. I want nothing to do with sloppy drunkenness. I just want to have a drink and have some fun. That's it. I don't know how many Don Lemon had, but there are other scenes he of him like wasted. pulling an entire <laughs> bottle out of his uh, jacket. I don't do know you exactly think that they're, they're just like, get as wasted as you want and we'll just see what happens. I mean, this was all live, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the possibility I, for disaster with all these gay men, drunk gay men together. It's clear that CNN has basically embraced the bit. And, you know, they I mean, they have a delay. They have a dump button. They can't see anything they want. But I, I'm but guessing by the time they, you dump somebody, it's too late. They, I'm sure they they basically have a green light to drink as much as they want and say mostly whatever they want. That's kind of the bit. And that's fine. I'm not you do whatever you want. I just 
It's not the fact that they do that that drives me nuts. It's the fact that they do that while morally lecturing everybody right. else. That's what's insufferable. It's like, yeah, we're, you know, you're just regular people. We get it. Why don't you stop begrudging regular people all the time? Okay, uh, Maxine, this was hilarious. I'm glad I got to hear this. You will uh, recall the Russian pranksters who previously prank called Adam Schiff yeah. Uh, claiming to have nude photos of Trump. Well, they're at it again. This time they called Maxine Waters uh, posing as Greta and her dad, claiming that Trump ran into Greta at the UN Climate Summit and told her that she'd never achieve her dreams. And then Trump <laughs> confessed to Greta. He confessed, he confessed to the impeachment charge that he'd pressured the Ukrainian president for political and election meddling purposes. This is what the phone call sounded like. And I noticed this team has put together like cool animation to go with their prank calls. So uh, I approve of the production value. Very cool. Congresswoman? Yeah. I have Greta and her father, Savante, on the line. Thank you very much. Congresswoman, this is Savante, Greta's father. And here's yes. a Greta. Yes. Hello, Congresswoman Waters. Hello. I'm very happy to talk to you. Well, thank you both for calling me, and I'm very anxious to hear from you. I want to tell you something uh, confidential about the meeting of uh, Greta and Trump in the UN uh, climate meeting. I shouted at him, signed the Paris Climate Agreement again. He came over, he, he laid it towards me and said softly, Listen to me carefully, little girl. Uh, you will never achieve your goal. <laughs> By the way, obvious Swedish accent. That sounds so Swedish if I've ever heard a Swedish person. Yeah, I feel speak. like... Speak. Not Russian at all. Nobody should have fallen for this. Okay, well, Maxine has her reaction. Achieve your goal. He said you will never achieve your goal? He continued. Oh my goodness. He added that, uh, and you know what? Uh, I will tell it you the like truth. Her. Anyway, I really <laughs> wanted to be push the Ukraine president I'm not an ancient, to put like, my black lady, uh, uh, competitor on trail. I already have a separate cage for all of you. I was crying. Oh my God, did you cry? Yes, I was crying and even I'm crying now. Nobody. That to me was the funniest part. Oh, I was crying, Maxine, I was crying. Did you cry? Yes, I just told you I cried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, there's a little bit left. I believe you. You will be in trial like in you, my competitor. Yes, he added... He oh, sounds straight up Russian. He, he mentioned Ukrainian president? Yes, he said that. And he, he added, nobody will believe you anyway. Nobody will believe you anyway. Greta always has a tape recorder in her pocket to record uh, her performances. So we have audio evidence of that. Are you going to be in Washington anytime soon? I want you to come and meet with me in Washington. We're going to try everything that we have to impeach him. Yes. And if the public knew that he talked to Greta like that, he made her cry and told her she would never oh, achieve, no. this will go against him too. Hmm. Wow. She's so uh, dumb that she fell for this. So dumb. And the Greta mentioned... voice is more convincing. The dad just he just slipped into his snor into straight up Russian. Yeah, he just sounded like a Russian guy. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, this is apparently the second time that Maxine has falled or uh, fall falled. It's that time in the show. Second no, time that not. Maxine close enough fell for these uh, pranksters. Uh, I have not listened to the the 2017 call 
but Maxine has been duped twice by them. That's not uh, that's not great. But she is uh, she's eighty one. She's not Auntie Maxine. She's great 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 grandma Maxine at this point. Uh, I was under the impression that accepting foreign intelligence was election interference. Yeah, really. I thought uh, this was uh, this was impeachable election meddling. I, I thought. Uh, but I think what was actually the most interesting part of this to me was so she's offered basically direct evidence of the impeachment charge. Trump came to me and said, hey, little girl, I'm admitting to you everything they said about me uh, pressuring Ukraine was true. And she has an audio recording of it. And Maxine's response is great. We're going to try to impeach him no matter what. So if he said that you'll never achieve your dreams and he made you cry, we'll add that to the impeachment charge. It's like irrelevant. Even if that was true, that's just being a dick. Is being right. a dick impeachable? Now you she have directly didn't bet this at all. Also, what situation would Trump be with Greta Thunberg and nobody else could hear them? And nobody had heard about it. Well, I think they were trying to play off that viral photo that happened at the summit. Remember, like Trump walked by and Greta was sitting there like with her little scowl. How could somebody would have caught the audio? Yeah, the idea that like Greta was just hanging out. Uh, I don't know. Hanging out but at the like uh, drinking fountain and Trump yeah. walked by, but nobody else was there. And that's preposterous. <laughs> Is she yeah. senile? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, there's, she's nicknamed low IQ Maxine she's, for she's a reason. 81. I mean, come on. Yeah, oh, she's uh, she her mental faculties have seen better days. And even in the good days, I don't think they were great. She is Let's low IQ, that Maxine. That's racist. <laughs> that's a race, racist attack. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, oh, the last piece was responding to the publication of this tape. Maxine said this was just another stupid prank by some Russian operatives who have targeted many U.S. elected officials, including Adam Schiff, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, and John McCain, and international heads of state such as Emmanuel Macron. The end. Okay, but if it's that obvious, I mean, the question is, why can't you pick up on something that obvious? Yeah, you retards. Um, also, aren't they just uh, comedians? Yeah, well, yeah, Russian operatives just means people who are Russian who are entertainers, basically. Yeah. Like the Russian operatives a Russian as in, operative. like, spies or state actors. They just actors. have a radio no, show, right? They're just... As far as I understand, I don't think they have any state connection, but correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody's a Russian operative if they're if, whatever. Uh, anyway, um, I mentioned uh, there were a few just a few updates to the stories we talked about last week. Uh, these. So we had the Hanukkah attack in the yeah. context of a lot of uh, other anti-Semitic attacks in the New York area. And we didn't really know there was still some question last week as to the. Um, the motives of, of uh, the Hanukkah attacker, the, the sword guy. We did a pretty good job, though. I, mean, I, I well, we, we called that mental illness article bullshit. The family, of course, had claimed that that uh, the suspect, Grafton Thomas, had no terroristic or political or hateful motives, that he was mentally ill. But investigators found journal entries in Thomas's home expressing anti-Semitic sentiments. One entry made reference to the black Hebrew Israelites. So oh, we, were, we were wondering about is. that. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, Israel being taken from them, questioning why people mourn anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic genocide. The journal also referred to Hitler and Nazi culture. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but apparently it was in there. Thomas also Googled a few things. Uh, so why did Hitler hate the Jews? He Googled that. <laughs> Jewish, no, German Jewish temples near me. <laughs> hey, 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 Siri, I need, oh, first no. I need to stop at the machete shop. 
And yeah. then the temple. That's the what temple. he did. It's a low IQ crime for sure. Also, quote, prominent company companies founded by Jews in America. So maybe he was going to go after business targets. I don't know. Thomas already uh, pleaded guilty to five counts of attempted murder. There is now a federal hate uh, hate crime charge on top of that. Well, as we've talked about many times before, hate crimes are the concept of hate crimes are retarded because very few crimes are committed out of love. Well, and it just intellectually, philosophically, obviously this guy sucks. I hope he pays the price for the crime that he committed. But do I care that he sat at home and wrote journals with opinions or like Google? I don't. I don't. I, I care that he actually went out and tried to kill people. But the background's if, relevant because the media spin, as soon as I read that article sure. about mental illness, I was like, mm, this guy was a black Hebrew Israelite, wasn't he? Relevant yeah. for sure, but does it worsen the crime? And in my mind, it, it's just... It never sat, does. Yeah. If he sat around and wrote, Jews are very cool, I like them a lot, would that lessen the crime? Of course not. I don't, I don't understand how sitting around expressing an opinion or Googling things how that worsens the crime in any way, but we, that's a federal component of the crime because reasons, you know, whatever. And I know we mentioned this last week, but I have to bring this up again. So James, what's his name? James Fields, James Fields, the the Charlottesville guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a diagnosed and medicated schizophrenic. No one gave a shit. He got 420 years, but this guy totally sane, his mama and his pastor come out, pastor come out and they're like, this was clear mental illness. He has a history of mental illness and the media just runs with it. In the meantime, when all this stuff about being a black Hebrew Israelite comes out, not a peep in the media. I didn't see this recirculated anywhere this week. Uh, It was, it was not mentioned immediately for sure. It's mentioned in this CNN article because of investigators putting it out there, not because of not because of a curious media trying to dig for this information. So nobody cares about mental illness and how to prevent future crimes unless it supports their political narrative no it's the political narrative first and second update in the new york area of course we talked about how there's the 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 great clash in terms of what's going on in new york the clash of progressive or left-wing values is on the one hand hate crimes are a serious problem that need to be cracked down upon on the other hand disproportionate uh enforcement against uh of of, disproportionate punishment for criminals is racist and shouldn't happen yeah well, what happens when the hate crime attackers happen to be racial minorities? What wins out? Do you have to severely punish the hate, the hate criminal? Yeah. Or do you have to go lenient because punishing them is racist? We saw this play out. We've seen several examples, but the one I mentioned last week was this Tiffany Harris, mm-hmm. the lady with the Pepe face. And she... Oh, yeah. So we mentioned last week, she was out on the street of somewhere in New York. She slapped three Jewish women and said, fuck you Jews. With her got purse, arrested. right? I, or with her hand, I don't know. But she, she hit just like them. back, like going up to Jewish people, just backhanding them in the face. Apparently, she goes, she gets arrested, she gets charged with uh, some some sort of misdemeanor. So let go because of bail reform in New York City. You can't. Uh, she she was let go without bail, and this is all because of bail reform in New York City to try to uh, reduce the racist enforcement of um of our of our laws. And then she just continued Jew smacking. Well, it's not, it's not clear that she went right back to Jew smacking, but she did go back to smacking at least. So she was Gentile sh- smacking, smacking somebody. Okay. And based on her past record, maybe you can take your guess at who I, Tiffany Harris headline, Tiffany Harris let loose again after second alleged assault. So she was let go. The timeline here, uh, she was released, I think on Saturday 
And then she punched, she went out, released after slapping Jewish women, saying, fuck you, Jews. Released on Saturday, then punched a woman in the face in front of the victim's two young children on Sunday. Oh my God. I don't, uh, based on what I've seen, I'm not sure that one is a, clearly a, a hate crime, but I also don't know who was punched. She was arrested again and charged with misdemeanor assault and menacing and endangering the welfare of a child. She was let go again on Monday, courtesy of those new bail reform laws, and then arrested again Tuesday, but she didn't hit, well, she didn't hit anyone. Well, that changes things. But she had a she had a run in at a court mandated meeting with a social worker. The social worker says that she pinched her during the sit down or like a, a I don't know what the episode was with this. There's some kind of episode with the social worker where she pinched her and this and the social worker reportedly did not feel threatened. But Harris has now been ordered by a court to um, to be held for psychiatric evaluation. That sounds appropriate. Well, or it could be a BS mental health narrative again. Who knows? I don't know. But she's finally in custody. After this sounds like crazy town. It could be. It, or it could be a combo of both. But They're from not like a legal standpoint, exclusive. I don't exclusive. think that the Jew slapping should be any worse than the Goy slapping she did. What She did like a half and half crime, right? Well, I don't, I don't know who she slapped the second time. It, it presumed, I think we would have heard about it if they were Jewish, though. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Although she's black, so I don't, I exactly. don't know how... <laughs> No, I don't. That's the point. I don't care why you slap, like why you hit a person. I don't care. I care that you hit them. Now, does yeah. it matter if it's like premeditated or you accidentally hit them? Of course, like intent <laughs> matters in that regard. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if you hit them because you don't like the color, like hitting someone because you don't like the color of their skin is not uh, less moral or more immoral than hitting them because you don't like their haircut or you yeah. don't like the shoes that they're wearing. You don't get to hit people in any circumstance other than self-defense or defense of someone else who's being victimized. That's the point. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, as I said, I just love this battle because I want to see what wins out. Is it my hate crimes need to be cracked down on or is it we can't actually enforce laws that affect black people? Uh, I mean, I think that Jews are probably going to win on the minority hierarchy. But the, well, the thing about the way they work, the way the, uh, Jews work on the hierarchy is that it's very circumstantial. Like if they can be leveraged against Nazis, against the white supremacists, then suddenly they have a spot on the ladder, according to the social justice worldview. But as soon as you start talking about things like Palestine or you start talking about other ways, uh, as soon as you start talking about, say, ownership of businesses or like, you know, success in other aspects of life, then they're not uh, on that victim hierarchy ever again. Right. So really, to me, they only fit on the victim hierarchy from these people's perspective when they can be used against the ultimate enemy of the straight, cis, white male. White male. You're the worst of them all. <laughs> uh, and then uh, a little bit on the Texas shooting. So we oh, didn't This turned out to be something that I did not expect at all. In terms of the the guy who did it, the identity of the shooter. It just oh. took so long for his identity to be revealed that I was like, "This has got to be something the media wants to cover up." But it was a white dude who was mentally, legitimately mentally ill. He had been adjudicated. He had a lot of run-ins with the law. Yeah. So his um the Texas church shooter. This was the one we watched last week, or at least what we could watch that was successfully thwarted by an. Uh, well, one armed guy in the church, but theoretically up to five or six of them, all of whom were prepared to defend in this situation. The attacker was a 43-year-old Keith Thomas Kinnanen. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. 
He had an extensive criminal record and was ruled mentally incompetent to stand trial in 2012. And, and he was a, not just a felon, but a violent felon. Some of his past crimes right. were, were violent crimes. Uh, he was apparently homeless for some time, and he was fed repeatedly by the church, but became angry when church officials refused to give him money, according to court records and the pastor. So they're still investigating the motive. They're not saying it's solely because he was homeless or having trouble and the church refused to give him cash. That's why he did it. But it is known, according to investigators and the pastor, that that was a source of conflict. Right. They were giving him food. He also wanted cash. They're like, sorry, we're not giving you cash. And he became... Angry erratic and angry yeah. about that. The ATF is investigating how he got the shotgun that he used to shoot uh, the two victims. And um, so uh, obviously he was a felon, not just a felon, but he was also adjudicated to be mentally ill. Right. Okay. That makes him a double prohibited person. So he definitely owned it illegally or didn't own it. I'm sure. Well, he, yeah, he, as far Had as the attained federal... attained it, acquired it illegally, something like that, yeah. That's why the ATF is inquiring. How did he get this gun? Because mm -hmm. under no circumstance, for multiple reasons, is he allowed to possess a firearm. Uh, he is a, adjudicated to be a crazy person, and he has violently attacked people in the past to a felony degree. Uh, oh, and we also misreported last week. We said five people came forward. I believe it was seven, and one of them was a woman also. Well, I didn't. I couldn't get an exact count. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to present really the hard exact the number. Yeah. But there were, you know, there were many. There were many people we could see. Uh, and that's the real story here. Outside of the heroism of of the actual guy who took him out, which we'll get to in a moment. But the real story here is outright federally banning a, a gun access for a guy did nothing. Okay, that yeah. did not stop the guy who decided, hey, I'm an evil person. I want to commit an evil act. Wasn't existing federal law that stopped him. It was a, a well-trained and prepared churchgoer and the five or so others who had him backed up and they stopped the threat. And as far as the guy who stopped him, his name is, um, is Jack Wilson. And uh, he's the guy who made the incredible shot in the footage that we looked at last week. Yeah. He is a firearms instructor and the owner of a gun range. He's also a former reserve deputy with the local sheriff's department. According to Fox News, the earlier claims about him being ex-FBI are either wrong or unconfirmed. Oh. So the FBI reference we made last week, that's apparently not correct. That was what was reported, but take that with a grain of salt. They're not saying it's wrong, but they're also just saying nobody's confirmed that. Mm-hmm. Whatever's the case, uh, he, of course, had an incredible shot under pressure, and um, he's in the business of making sure other people have the same incredible shot under pressure when it comes to uh, protecting themselves and their communities. And uh, he leads the volunteer security force at the church. Now, I've seen, I saw tons of media coverage this week that, that really emphasized uh, this term security force or variations of it. And in my opinion and interpretation, they were saying this in a way that made it sound like they were some sort of quasi police force or some sort of private security or they were private security. They're not a business. They, all they are is just volunteers in the community who are armed citizens trained and proficient in self-defense. They're just regular people. They're not security force. Like they're, they're all X. They're all active police officers or right. military or whatever, or X. They're just regular people. The regular people, good people who want to defend themselves in their community, and they all say, yeah, listen, um, I would like to volunteer with the help of Jack Wilson, who is demonstrably an expert in this sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'll train with him, and I'll, yeah, I'll carry a gun. If anyone comes in here and tries to mess with us, they're going to get what happens to or what happened to that guy. 
Isn't this Bottom really line, what we should be doing in our communities, though? Oh, I think every I think this thing was handled as perfectly as it could have been. I, I, I say that with full acknowledgement and um, and sorrow. You're talking about for the, small group militia training. I think everybody should be prepared. Yeah. yeah. That was the other thing in Virginia. They're trying to make, quote unquote, paramilitary training illegal. There's talk of that. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. If you do push-ups near a gun, is that paramilitary training? Definitely. Anyway, point I'm trying to make is there's really no way to spin this as like some kind of gun control narrative thing. They're trying, though. USA Today really tried their damnedest. So USA Today put this tweet out this week. Thankfully, it is massively ratioed. You can take some solace in that. But the tweet says, Jack Wilson is exactly the type of person you want around with a gun because he's a firearms instructor. Okay, I agree. But we know nothing about at least six other parishioners who also appeared to draw their handguns, and that's terrifying. Oh, my God. And if you click on the article, some of the text here reads, "Uh, the reality of Wilson's heroism is a lot more uh, complex. He wasn't just an ordinary parishioner, as gun advocates may want you to believe. Yes, he was. He's just very good with a gun. The church's volunteer security team member is a firearms instructor. Well, that's still a civilian. What do you want? Gun range owner and former reserve deputy with the local sheriff's department, according to a New York Times detailed account. So he's a proficient small business owner. Yes. uh, And former government employee. As though, like, if he owned a grocery store, we'd be like, whoa, whoa, he's not qualified. Or a gas station or whatever. Is that supposed to make him sound bad? The church volunteer, firearms instructor, gun range owner, and former reserve deputy. That sounds like a super competent old bastard right there. Well, that's what they're trying to say is, oh, he was especially skilled because he had all these, like, he's a firearms instructor. He had law enforcement experience. That's what they're trying to say. No, I think they're trying to... pose it like this is some kind of kind of danger no no they're saying he's special you you should trust him with a gun he's exactly the type of person you do want with a gun the article says mm. it's just we don't know about those all those other people we saw on the screen remember we did the freeze frame and we're like okay here's like five other are ones. they equally as proficient that's what they're saying we don't know anything about them mm. uh yeah here's what it says um in other words he's exactly the kind of man you want around with a firearm but we know nothing about the at least oh, six no. other parishioners who also appeared to draw their handguns at West Freeway Church, uh, Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas. And that's terrifying. Are they going to be digging into these people's personal histories now? Well, that's that's my question is like, well, okay, you know nothing about them. Why don't you try to find information on them? Because I bet no, you'll find... No, don't. I don't want to well, disincentivize people from that, that legally own their firearms and have firearm proficiency from coming forward in a situation like this because they fear being demonized yeah, by the I'm not, media. I'm not advocating their doxing or that the media say like, here's this person, here's a full... What I'm saying is if you were to inquire and like ask around and, and get to know, get information on these people for purely neutral curiosity reasons, not to drive a political agenda, just to know the truth of what happened, I guarantee what you find is they are all regular people, right? just like this Jack Wilson guy, and I would bet my life savings that not a one of them has a criminal record or any serious issue, that they are all in full compliance with the law and they're prepared and proficient to defend their communities. The idea, also, none of them what, behaved irresponsibly, irresponsibly yeah. with their firearms. They weren't like, they didn't accidentally discharge or, you know, no. like they, they did. They didn't do a backflip and have their Glock fall yeah. out of the holster and go oh, off. That's right. Like that extra skilled FBI agent who's in jail now. <laughs> did he actually shoot somebody? I think he did. I think like somebody in the did leg. get grazed or hit. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that's the point is like, well, okay, we do know nothing about them. That, that I take that point, but why would I presume that they're not, why would I presume they're bad or not qualified right. or that they, why would I presume they wouldn't or couldn't have done the exact same thing that Jack Wilson did? Cause by the way, it sounds like a lot of them are under the leadership of or training of Jack Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's really good, odds are he could make them pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that's what pissed me off about this. Like, well, we don't know anything about them, so let's assume they're shit. Why? I don't know. I still kind of think they were trying to make him sound like a little bit scary. Well, I mean, they say explicitly he's exactly the kind of man you want around with a firearm. Yeah, but, not trying but to calling somebody like a, a saying that he's a gun range owner, former reserve deputy with a local sheriff's department. Like, like these are the, it's the totality of his entire career and the person that he is like, that's all kind of ordinary citizen shit. But that they're trying to say it's extraordinary that he is an, he is an unusual citizen who should get special privileges on account of his I don't firearms. Know. I feel like everybody that I know that legally owns a firearm, not that I know a lot of people that illegally own firearms, they all have, they're all really into gun safety and they're all proficient with firearms. Yeah. Oh, of course. But that's yeah. what USA Today doesn't want you to think. They want you to think that, and don't get me wrong, I think that he is especially skilled. I have zero confidence that I could do the same shot that he did. It was pretty like, far away. Give me a hundred tries. Maybe I hit one. Maybe. Mm. That's optimistic. But he is not like a special person insofar as he is uniquely responsible or uniquely deserving to protect himself in his community. Yeah. Again, it's not a guarantee. Like when you're carrying in that church, it's not like, oh, it's a guarantee that if, if anyone tries to mess with me or this church, that I that I nail them in the way Jack Wilson did. They're going to dig into these other people and find something. It's going to be some news. Yeah. Story. I mean, all it is is a is a promise to yourself and your community that you're not going to bow before that crazy guy with the shotgun that you're not going to be down on your knees begging for your life right. that's all it means when you're carrying it's just someone might try to kill me that's a possibility and they might succeed the point is if you want if you want to exert your will on me you're going to have to kill me i will not get down on my knees in some kind of prisoner stance and beg for my life before evil that's all it means and everyone is deserving of that right in the same way that jag wilson is anyway uh, you might need another pee break. No, I'm okay. I was going to say, it's time for hoax hate. You know how long that gets. And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Yes. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? I probably should have led with a different uh, case in our trio of hoax hate cases because the intro doesn't really apply to this one in any way. But, you know, we got a tradition going. Headline, uh, Kansas police officer off force after fake claim McDonald's workers wrote pig on coffee cup. And not just pig, but fucking pig is the allegation. So uh, this is this unusual case. Uh, comes out of Junction City, Kansas. That is where uh, it was previously claimed by an unnamed officer. And I'm still looking for the identity of this officer, but I don't think I'll find it. This unknown, unnamed uh, officer got coffee at this McDonald's in Junction City and the message, quote, fucking pig was written on the cup. You can see some of that image there. The unnamed <laughs> cop is apparently 23 years old and only uh, and only has been on the force for two months. No criminal charges are expected to be filed. The revelation comes after the owner of the McDonald's flatly denied the police chief's accusation of the cup message, saying yeah. video evidence confirmed McDonald's employees did no wrongdoing. 
the police chief had shamed the McDonald's on Facebook previously. That's how this whole story came to light. Ooh. The cop who faked the, the story is, or is no longer with the department. By the same token, though, I wonder why the police chief is not resigning. So the police chief is basically saying, uh, the police chief said, quote, moving forward, the Harrington Police Department will work tirelessly to regain the loss of trust with both McDonald's and with the citizens that we serve. Well, but okay, so guy who made the lie is out. But you're the one who perpetuated the lie and shamed a business in your community. And I mean, presumably they'd have a case for damages, I would think, if you're if you're out there making false claims about their business. He just trusted his employee or his buddy. This one serves as a reminder um, that this one doesn't fit the usual leftist narrative. This one comes from a completely different angle. But whenever it's these stupid messages written on things, you got to be skeptical. Always, always be skeptical. Why would he do this? I mean, I guess we ask the same thing about leftists all the time. It's for attention or I bet he would say it was, it would be to like uh, to draw people's attention to the, the anti-police sentiment amongst the general public. I bet that's what he would say. That's why I'm curious who the cop is, but I it's, it's being uh, held. Withheld, under wraps. Yeah. yeah I, I can't figure out who it was, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we don't have to tell our, our audience about that. I just like people who hate you, especially if, if you're working on behalf of a business or whatever, they're not gonna, like if they, if you really hate someone passionately enough to like involve yourself in their lives, you're not gonna write some harmless note. You're like gonna you're gonna do what they do in New York, and you're actually gonna go slap someone. You know, you gotta admire commitment to the cause at least. Like you're not gonna sit you're not gonna sit back and write someone a stupid note on a receipt. Yeah. You're actually gonna take action on your hatred. <laughs> so anyway, um, th- this story. Uh, oh man, this one has many layers of lies. Weird, weird story. Dateline, uh, this, this is just outside of Detroit. It's West Bloomfield, Michigan. A 26 year old man faked his own stabbing at the West Bloomfield synagogue in, in uh, Michigan. According to police, Sean Samet is now facing a felony charge of filing a false police report. Samet said he was attacked and stabbed in the stomach by an unknown man in the synagogue parking lot where he worked as the music director. So this is the initial claim. He said he was leaving the building on December 15th. He was confronted by a white male who shouted, you Jews <laughs> and too many immigrants are here. Maybe it was Tiffany Harris. You never yeah, know. Really. But apparently it was not before Wait, attacking him. Was the implication that the Jews are immigrants or that they're, that they're at the helm of the immigration crisis? You'd have to ask Sean Samet. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. Or both. There's some link in this make-believe attacker between Jews and immigrants. You have to connect the link in whatever way you think is what he meant. Samet says he escaped by kneeing the guy in the nuts and pushing him away. He then drove himself to the hospital for treatment. Now, police searched the parking lot for a weapon, blood, or other evidence, but found nothing. He was, in fact, cut to some extent and bleeding. That much is true. Yeah, Canines. you can always tell in these situations when they're self-inflicted. Like, you remember that one where she just, like, she just cut. It was just like tiny little surface cuts all over her arm or something. There's no resistance. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no jaggedness. When somebody stabs you in the stomach, like you're nearly, you, you need to go to the hospital immediately. You're probably going to almost die, almost bleed out. Maybe he did. I don't know. There was a bloody scene apparently because while searching the synagogue, 
well, canines, I should say, found no scent in the parking lot. No evidence in the parking lot. But the uh, investigators searched the synagogue. Investigators found bloody tissues in Samet's office and in the men's bathroom. They also located a knife in the kitchen area with blood on it. Now, you'd think the hoax ends there. And oh, and there's also surveillance footage from across the street that confirmed ah. there was no assault that took place in, in the uh, parking lot or outside. Now, you would think that that would be the end of the hoax, but not really, because this is the first time I can remember where confronted with the reality that the, that the person committed a hoax, the person then made up another story as to how, as to what happened and why. So police say Sam, it now admits to making up the story, but he then said he lost consciousness and accidentally stabbed himself when he was washing dishes at the synagogue. He, uh, he said he lied about the incident, so made up the parking lot story, because he was being harassed at work about his medical condition. The second story also turned out to be fabricated, say police, because they used information from Samet's phone health app synced to his Apple Watch, and officers determined he never, in fact, lost consciousness. <laughs> so Samet oh. then admitted that he intentionally stabbed himself. He said, quote, I put the knife in just to see how deep it went because I wasn't really sure. Then in the process, I, I probably dug it in a little more. He told police he wanted out of his contract with the synagogue and this was his way out. He's been, wow. he had been an employee at the synagogue for a year and a half. He has now resigned. He faces up to four years in how prison. How would this get him out get of his contract? Uh, I was attacked. Maybe he's after that workers comp. I don't know. Maybe his injuries are so severe that he has to retire. Why don't you fall off a ladder or something, dude? This was not well thought out. Like I was attacked in the parking lot. There's uh, clearly I was stabbed there. Also, I forgot to ditch the, my own bloody rags and this is like, we gonna be rich levels of hoax, hate, idiocy, poorly executed. And like I said, I can't remember a time where someone made up yet another lie when caught in the lie. And then also to be caught by your own health data on your stupid phone and your Apple watch. Good for you, man. Okay. Lastly, Oh, it's not going to show me the story. Uh Oh, there we go. Um, they want me to subscribe. Oh, whatever. They want me to subscribe to their stupid publication, but I'm not going to do that. This is at a Bard college at, uh, Simon's rock in great Barrington, Massachusetts. I'll just tell you a story. We don't have to look at the article. Investigators there have concluded that a female student's report of being attacked on campus in September was all likely fabricated to spark dialogue about campus racism. I can't believe it. I've never heard that story before. But prosecutors dropped the case in November for lack of evidence and the student's refusal to cooperate with investigation. I love these kind of stories where a student claims to have been attacked. Investigators come in and say, okay, tell us what happened. No. I will not participate, no. but instead I'm going to go to a podium on campus and lecture the college administration about what they need to do. Okay. Early in the fall semester, the campus went into crisis after the N-word was found scrawled in marker on a student un- union chalkboard more than once, multiple N-words. And a swastika was discovered etched into a campus bathroom stall, which back in my day was just most, most bathroom stalls. You could probably, at least the sketchy ones along the interstate, you could find a swastika. Then came the report of an attack on the female student. She says she was assaulted, knocked unconscious, and dragged into the woods while walking on campus, but did not identify the assailant. There was not much detail on how that attack was motivated by hate, supposedly, uh, just by the report that I read, at least. It sounds more like a Bigfoot attack yeah. to me, and honestly, Bigfoot <laughs> sounds like a more credible theory. Yeah. 
because of these events. Classes were in fact canceled. Students fled campus. The Black Student Union issued demands to the school administration, even though nearly half the students at this school are apparently racial minorities. But yes, it's the evil whites who are running everything. Right. A professor, and get this, a professor actually resigned citing her concerns with the administration's handling of the case. What an idiot. later determined to be a hoax, but out of a job on principle. She over probably the wanted to hoax. quit for other reasons. Could be. Maybe as a sweet uh, severance package of some kind anyway or whatever. I don't know. Protests continued after the police chief told local media the attack was not uh, or might not be a hate crime, even if it happened at all. So the cops were like, I don't think this happened. And everyone went even crazier. The student, the student, however, is still not publicly identified. It's not clear if there will be charges for the female student or anyone else. Local media are still waiting on disclosure of investigation reports as well as cost estimations for the investigation. Both the state and local authorities were involved in the investigation. We're so, a waste of everybody's time. Good yeah, grief. God, keep putting a, I just, it, like, it really sucks too. Um, they, a similar thing was, was perpetrated at my alma mater a few years ago. It's like, stop. I don't, that one was less high profile than some of these other hoaxes, but every single time this happens, it kind of puts a stain on your degree too. Like you don't want to, you don't want to end up having a, like an, I don't want to shame anyone who has an evergreen degree, but you know, like evergreen is now associated with such nonsense. Uh, yeah. I, I am the poop swastika alma mater. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to poop swastika on your Mizzou degree. Luckily, women's careers don't matter. So <laughs> you're safe. You're yeah. safe. By the way, I saw somebody in the live chat earlier that was like, blonde just ruined her whole career. And I don't even know what I said in this episode. That was worse uh, than anything else I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure you've ruined your career many times. What career? You guys think I give a shit about my career? This job hey, is a career ruiner. In, what about, in, what about you know, my career? Your career also destroyed. Your career has to be this career. 100%. Otherwise, your association 100%. with me is just going to sink you for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of routes out of, no, I, I would say that I have, it's not as though I'm entirely unemployable, but it's heavily restricted. I would have yeah. a very narrow, uh, amount of potential employers, but that's of course why I'm so thankful for what we have. And that's um, true, but it also pisses me off that like, I do a fair amount of self-censorship because at this point I'm like, why? Why? I spent this my whole sake, show I got, some, I got some bread. I got some bread to win. I don't do Although, it for you though. <laughs> No, and I don't want a show where it's like you can't say certain things. I, I believe in everyone's right to say what they believe to be true. That goes for you. That goes for supporters of the show. That goes for emailers. I'm not going to sit up here and morally shame anybody for their opinion. You know, I, I might if I think that your opinion is motivated by something weird or is inconsistent with your general principles, I reserve the right to criticize it. But I'm not going to sit here and moralize. Uh, and I'm not saying that's what this person is doing necessarily either. But. I do think it's really crucial to uh, to maintain that, to say yeah. that, listen, other people can disagree with me for valid reasons. doesn't make them bad people. It also um, doesn't mean that you have to listen to the show. If you had it with this show and you want to leave, absolutely. I did um, see a lot of people that, like, somebody named Alpha Boss was like, I'm done with this show. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I just kind of feel like every time I fine. see that, like, you're not getting a like on this. Like, I'm supposed to be like, Oh no, please continue I mean, watching not, the show. I kind of feel not, like just stop watching. And that's not what's being chased. And, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to rip anybody is, but yeah, you're entitled to that. There's all kinds of shows that I've gone in and out of where I'm like, Oh, you know, this isn't for me anymore. Or maybe it is, or maybe it's not. If, if it's not for you anymore, absolutely. I, I'm not I don't know. I operate with mad. the three strike rule. 
which I which I even applied to Ben Shapiro. I was listening to him for a long time after Ben I, gets an infinite strike rule from me. That's crazy. <laughs> he kind of does. I can't explain it. I have an unhealthy relationship with the guy. It's abusive. Oh, for sure. You're in an abusive relationship with Ben Shapiro. Oh, for sure. Um, but the other side of it too is I also want to, I want to hear opinions with which I I disagree on a lot of things too. Yeah. It keeps you sharp. It isn't. I obviously we're all a community here based on general shared values, but there's so much disagreement within this community that makes it fun too. And I'm glad that we aren't all robots. Who I mean, even between you and I, between you and me, there's disagreement, and we have maybe certain teams or allegiance like there's kind of team blonde and there's kind of team me you get what i'm saying yeah yeah but that's cool i'm glad that we don't say the exact same thing and everybody in the audience is like wow this pair of this, these two people who totally agree are exactly right and i'm in total agreement with both of them because they're exactly right that's true yeah. and the only time like I, I try not to do it over arbitrary stuff like be like i'm never gonna watch this content creator ever again I'll do it. Oh no, you're not vengeful. Not not at I all. I totally am vengeful, but but I <laughs> there's so little content these days, especially that I only do it when I'm like, my worldview and this person's worldview have become compatible. I've gathered enough information that I'm like, I can't. That's what happened with Ben Shapiro. I, I was like, too incongruent worldviews. Hmm. But then, like, I still watch Dicks all the time, and I disagree with him about plenty of shit, and we get along because oh, yeah, he doesn't get all butt hurt about it. No, he, he's not going to moralize you about your opinion. Absolutely not. That's one of the things I admire about him most, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we got we to gotta talk to Super Chatters before we're out of here. Oh, yeah. The JQ, I have to censor you. Is this a new Kevin? It's a new Kevin. Or a Kevin, com- Kevin competitor? He did say, name your baby Eva Von Braun. Well, that, yeah, I know that one is. Uh, I will say that Eva is on the list. I do like that name for non Hitlerian reasons. I'm going to send out the, uh, the D live treasure chest too. Thanks for hanging out over there and being patient tonight, guys. Well, Sticks and I agree on the Iran thing. Uh, I haven't watched his take. I've listened to what he said. I don't know that he, my take on it was probably not full agreement with you, but yeah, I mean, in in the general sense of like, I don't want to be involved in the middle East anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not a, that's not a surprise opinion, you know. I'm not gonna name my baby Candy, you guys. <laughs> what, I want her Candace? work in a pole. Yeah. Can't uh, be you. Semper Ad Melior. Anyone catch Richie Jar- Ricky Ricky Jarvis nuking the Golden Globes in his opening yeah. frigging epic? Hope you I had did a great see holiday that right before we went live, so I wasn't able I to get it in the show. But uh, he just made fun of all the celebrities. I saw him say like he basically made jokes at their expense about how they're all friends with Epstein, and then. Uh, he said um, he basically gave them rules like, listen, nobody cares about your politics. So when you get an award, come up here and just say thanks for your cute award and then get the fuck out of here. Very he good. It, I can't do it justice myself. It was delivered, you know, uh, with it was better delivery than that and more clever than that. But you get the gist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody. Troops are already being deployed from the Atlanta airport. Shows media knows how to get a production going. Hmm. Uh, Aurora well, and Wright- I do th- I wonder how much of there is that going on too. Like the warnings of the retaliation impending world war three cynically, a lot of that media could be interpreted as like, we kind of want this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't, I don't want to fall into that trap either. Uh, Aurora Wright says name her Aurora. I named my daughter Amelia and it is beautiful, but Aurora mm. is just rare and beautiful. That's a really pretty name. Really pretty. 
Um, Jacob, remember the last time Trump got saber rattly? A big fuss was made, but it all ended. Um, only ISIS got hurt. Don't panic until there's somebody panicking out. Keep calm and carry, baby. Yeah, everybody's That's pretty like, pretty much my perspective. Yeah. You're so boring now. Maybe I'm just trying to keep stress a little lower so that I don't pollute my womb with my neuroses and stress and insanity. Okay, people? God. Kevin just says, just name it Ping 2. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's like very it. pretty. That's a front runner. Yeah. Uh, Miles Kinzel. Hey, guys. Matt saw your Twitter exchange with fellow YouTuber Nuance Bro. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, I've... I've he basically, so you remember when we talked about the uh, the ethics. So there was a question on the call-in show about Nuance the... Bro's question for Ben Shapiro about if abortion is murder, what's wrong about an abortion bombing? Yeah. And then we're talking about the morals and the ethics of that. And he had tweeted that I had basically said that abortion bombing is morally justified, just bad optics, which to me is not a fair presentation of what I had Nuance said. Nuance Bro said that about you? Yeah, because we were talking about, on the show we were talking about, okay, what would be the distinction between an abortion bombing and justified intervention of a murder if you believe that it is uh, a murder that's going on in the abortion clinic? Mm. We talked about all sorts of things. Like, obviously, you can't, they're, they're, if you were to intervene in a murder justifiably, you wouldn't be taking out like the secretary and bystanders right. and all this sort of things. We talked about the imminent, the, the, the actual murder has to be happening at that time. Like you can't, if a guy killed someone and then you find out about it a day later, you can't go to his house and kill him. Those sorts of things. So it was a nuanced discussion of this question. And in no way did I endorse abortion bombings. Now he was denied. Yeah. He said that it could have been a misunderstanding. He was saying, that's not what I was saying. So I want to be as fair to him as possible. But I thought that based on what I had seen tweeted that I, I thought that his characterization was was it, not fair. And would to you me, say that it lacked nuance? I didn't want to uh, deliver the uh, the obvious joke. But yes, it definitely lacked nuance. And we are so clever for observing that. So um, it's possible that it was just a misunderstanding. The Twitter is very brief, you know, but I, I felt like he was putting it out there to say, Matt endorsed abortion bombings. He just thinks it's bad optics. That's not what I said. And I consider that to be not fair uh, treatment. So I just had responded saying that's, that's a bunch of BS. And we kind of left it at that. But if there's more to it, I'll, you know, I'll hear what he has to say. Uh, Kevin, I can't. <sighs> Kevin. Quantum football. Uh, Soleimani had attempted to blow up Michael Schlecht's yarmulke. It's a good thing he, st he was stopped before it happened. Um, <laughs> okay. Tonin. Michael Schleck's Yamaka. I don't get the I don't get the reference. Tonenheimer from Detroit Skull Vikings. Well, I hope you enjoyed the game and thank you. Uh, Boogeyman nine one seven to Julian Castro. I say, te recordare. That's Spanish for I will remember you. Happy twenty twenty. Oh, you thank you. Quickly only, forget you. By the, the only way. bummer about all these candidates dropping out is I know I have less opportunities for the I will remember you bit, and I always like to in the I will remember you bit. It's fun yeah. each and every week. Uh, Nicholas Van Neel, all men under six feet are short. The Dutch are superior race. Fight me. <laughs> all right. Can't fight you. Uh, Matt yeah. Dath, the way Biden says culture gives me cult vibes no matter what he says before or after. He does kind of give me cult Our vibes. Culture. That's not really a, a fair. Our culture. Yeah. He's, he did say it very, he was kind of whispering it under his breath all sincerely. Uh, Jeremy B, uh, that pass was interference. No, it wasn't. Saints fans are crying about this. It's, I'm not going to get into the football details here. I'll spare you that. But it was two players. 
just going at each other, you know, not gay at all, blonde to clarify. But <laughs> but it was not offensive PI. Come on, reverse the teams. You would not call that offensive PI. That is just salt after the fact. I'm sorry, oh but it God, is. I don't care. All right, uh, Kevin Flanagan, Iran is a better ally than some, some countries. Pretty sure Iran never sank any of our ships or downed any of our skyscrapers. We don't know what you're talking about. Kevin they're Flanagan. killing our people. I mean, even if I were to grant the premise, it's like, well, yeah, but that would be lots of people killing our people. A role for initiative. The Quds Force is part of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, parallel to their regular army. Uh, the IRGC to Iran, as the SS is to Germany circa 1940, loyalists that enforce the will of the leader. I think the live chat's going to have some stuff to say about that. Hmm. Uh, Fritz Leschenbrenner, Matt's take is so boomer cringe, for fuck's sake, blonde, speak your mind. I did what I could. I pushed that as far as I, I could. I don't think that. What's what's boomer cringe about that? It, it doesn't it's, matter. They were saying the same thing about me. So it's yeah, like, I mean, it's like, it, what am I saying? I I want to invade all countries and put U.S. approved people. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, listen, if people kill our guys, I'm not going to feel bad about a, a strike that takes them out and only them. Um. But yeah. Coop Clausen. Oh, Caesar, your breath. Uh, Coop Clausen says Matt's completely jumped the shark on this one. I'm surprised I'm not getting more. I was getting more criticism in the live chat, but you're getting more criticism in the super chat. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm open to why, but I just I need to hear why. Like, what is it that I'm missing? I'm pretty sure we're gonna be split. I don't know what to say. I also don't want to like formulate my responses so that I can appease the audience either. No, you shouldn't. I don't think that's the proper way to to go about this. Ugh. But then I hate reading the comments after reading it. I just, I just shouldn't read them. <laughs> well, the comments are there for, yeah, people are invited to voice their opinion, but you can't sit there and like have anxiety over every single comment. But I have anxiety over everything. Uh, Wicked RCL, kill them, stack them up. God will sort them out. If Iran wants to play stupid games, they're going to win stupid prizes. Semper Fi. Uh, I, just, I just hate that mentality. If you're uh, killing people, aren't you playing God? What did he say about playing God? He said, no, oh, kill let them, God, kill let them God all, sort stack them up, out. let God sort them out. And, I've, and I hear people say that about Muslims all the time. But like, I know that I've had increasing sympathies for Islamic culture recently. I know. I know. But I just don't have the vitriolic response to, to Muslims that I, that I used to have. I, well, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with whether or not uh, you should be going in and, and killing people in someone else's country or training them in how to do it. And whether that's considered justified. I mean, if we grant the premise that he's killing our guys and helping people kill our guys, then, yeah, why shouldn't we treat that with uh, aggressive response? We're being, we are having aggressors go after us. We're having bullies push us around. Mm. Yes. Uh, Michael, ATW86. Never been a supporter of Trump, and honestly, now that this nihilistic view held by Trump and many of his supporters is materializing into deaths and destruction, it's time to take responsibility for his incompetence as a leader. I think that that is a fair criticism. Uh, I certainly have my points of criticism. I think we're overall in better shape as a country than we would be in most alternatives. I'm not saying he's the perfect leader, but... Uh, I don't, uh, I don't, as of now, regret a vote in support of him. Let's put it that way. Uh, the coward Liberius. The attack, I did say I wouldn't vote for him after the Syria thing, too, and then um, nothing materialized, so hmm. uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, he doesn't just deserve my vote, though. 
Well, the other side of it, too, is how much you care about playing prevent. And with this current flock of Democrats, I do because I'm not full collapsitarian. and I still think there's something to save. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but also you and I have chosen to basically balkanize. Uh, well, I mean, I was already here. I haven't like left any, I mean, I was here. We left California, both you and I did. Yeah, but I didn't have the full realization in my head yet. Like my political awakening, my red pilling, to use the boomer cliche term that is, uh, you know, my go-to. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen until I was already here. Like I, I came here still thinking I was a Democrat. Like I came back home to here. Uh, the coward Liberius, the attack on the embassy was an attack on U.S. soil act of war against U.S. forces allegedly directed by Iran. If the allegations are true, Iran attacked U.S. forces on U.S. soil. Maybe that's a fair assessment. I, th- whether, I think you have to treat an embassy as the same thing. I, I wouldn't see a distinction personally. Mm-hmm. Derek Finley, um, can't wait to play this mission in the new Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that to look forward to at least. Scott Allen, you consider name your daughter Isabel, so forever she will be Bella. I love that name, but it's like number three most popular name. It's all right. And I know a bunch of people who um, name their daughter Isabel, so I don't know. Um, Polaris589, the black Jews and the white Jews. <laughs> Should have a Jew off to see who is the Jewiest. Winner gets Israel. <laughs> okay. I've never heard this person say anything uh, like that before. Uh, oh, he also said loser gets Compton. Uh, first son of man, <laughs> blonde. Is there a country in the Middle East that really wants America to go to war with Iran? Matt, Google Iran in the 1970s. Look at the pics. It looks like California. It was, um, I hate to use this term, but it was highly progressive. I, I'm not in Iran. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert on Iranian history. I've seen some of the pictures in the past. You got like women walking around in shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I just don't know that much about uh, the return to fundamentalism. But I guess I'm uh, there's an underlying point that's being made there. Jack DDSN said, "We find them WMDs yet? I know, right? Yeah, uh, Midwest Madge, no note. Um, Christopher Booty, pray for Iraqi Christians, especially those in the PMA." PMFs uh, defending their homeland against ISIS and Al Qaeda were throwing them under the bus for Israel and Saudi Arabia. Um, and Soleimani was a guest of the Iraqi prime minister. Is that true? That w- that would change my opinion somewhat. If that's that that's a fact to which I was unaware. I don't know. He Why was, don't you look into it? While he I'm was an invited it. guest of the Iraqi prime minister. Yeah, I was under the impression that this was some kind of like a, a sanctioned funeral that had attendees that were terrorists of that, sorts but so also that, had legitimate um politicians and stuff. if true let's say that's true you know i don't have the time to vet it right now but if true that would explain why he's there however that would not erase the long history of aggression against our guys i mean is there any so evidence I, I, that any plotting was going on at that time well even even if that's not true I mean, if you have a decades-long history of aggression, at what point is is it justified to take a guy out? Yeah. Does he have to be plotting right now? Like, was Osama bin Laden plotting at the time? He was just sitting in his in his That's house watching true. porn, and that was justified. I don't think no one was sitting Did you here say saying porn. Oh yeah, I think he was. He had That's a bunch right. of porn they on found his like computer. A crazy amount of porn. I, I think we talked about that recently. But yeah. that's the point. Is like, yeah, he hasn't done anything that we know of for like a decade. But the guy killed a lot of our people. 
Matthew Raleigh says, geez, Matt, guess you got lucky not owing me 50 bucks unless you want to change your mind. Congrats to the Vikings. No, it's not even due. So uh, to give context, I made a bet with him that the 49ers were going to be a one and done team. I know you care a lot, so I'll be brief. But I, I put a qualifier on it that if the Vikings were the first team to face the 49ers in the playoffs, I back out of the bet. He interpreted that to mean lack of confidence in the Vikings. You can do that if you want. My uh, explanation is I don't like to bet on the Vikings because I'm already emotionally involved. So I don't yeah. want to bet. I don't want to put 50 bucks on the Vikings this week and deal with the natural invo- emotional investment in the game. But hey, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And um, Maybe maybe you'll be the one who's saved by me canceling the bet if the Vikings win. We'll see. Sock Puppet Joe says, you must watch the Ricky Gervais speech at the Golden Globes. It was great. Okay. Like, yeah, the, the little bits I've heard were pretty pretty funny. Kurt Carson, embassy attack. Oh, where were the rockets? Explosions, heavy arm fire. Arms fire. Sorry, I'm basically illiterate. The whole thing looks more like a protest. Antifa has done similar things in the U.S. without their leaders getting blown away. Hot take, Kurt. How is that a protest, though? That's definitionally a riot. People. Well, I would argue that some stuff that Antifa does is also definitely all right. And also, was anyone, nobody was killed in the, uh, in the defense of that, to my understanding, right? We're not killing the rioters. So you're talking about Soleimani. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Soleimani, of course, has his own history of uh, blood on his hands. If, again, if the intel, I'm relying on, the, on reports on the intel. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm some expert on Soleimani or the history of Iran's aggression. I'm just going with what I read from what I trust to be reliable sources, but maybe I'm misinformed. If there's information I'm missing, please send it my way. Uh, Matt Fields, I lost two friends to the Iraq war. One was my friend's son, and then his father committed suicide over the loss, Mm. turned the entire region into glass. I mean, is that what you take away from, from losing people in Iraq? I mean... Well, I can't opine it, because this is this is not something that I've had to deal with. Uh, certainly, I don't know to what extent that is said with sincerity or not. But I, to the point that he's making, I mean, yes, if there's direct responsibility for the death of our service members, and I'm you know I'm really sad to hear that story. It's a story that too many Americans have had to deal with, which is why we're having this debate. Uh, but if if that is if that is accurate and Soleimani had something to do not with that specific one, but say hundreds or thousands of other stories like it, where is the injustice in in taking him out in response to that? That that would be the question. I don't know. I kind of feel like my reaction to that would be, although I don't know what it would be, but um, to reduce involvement. I guess what I, the question I have about this is this is like the one case where suddenly your bloodlust and your urge for vengeance is totally absent. And you're like, it's totally, it's totally okay for people to push us around. We'll just take it and go away. Oh, it's partially because of my personal involvement in this. Hmm. Uh, Because if my husband gets deployed, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I'm going to absolutely lose my, my and and to be clear on my position, it's not my hope that he does. Like I'm not saying I hope he goes there and uh, you know has to put his life on the line. And I have nothing but respect and admiration for the fact that he has. And I, I hope all the best for your family, uh, not just because of that, but in part because of that. The other thing uh, to consider here too is like it, you know it is a drone, a drone strike. It's not we didn't have a raid on a compound to go shoot him in the face or something like that. Right. But we're looking at this, like it's an isolated incident, but I'm trying to think about the larger long-term implications of doing something like this, because I don't want that to happen in the future either. Hmm. 
Um, I mean, you you guys should be thinking about your family members too, definitely. Arson uh, <laughs> INV. If I wanted to watch Tim Pool, I'd watch Tim Pool. Blonde and Mad have been taken over by Tim Pool. How sad. Um, <laughs> Go watch Tim Pool if you want. I don't know how both of us. And I don't I don't know what it is with the meme of there's just a meme of like hate for Tim. You know, if you like Tim, watch Tim. If you don't, don't. But it's I I see this all the time, like constant comparisons to Tim Pool. Tim Pool is highly successful for a reason. Mm -hmm. If you if you don't like listening to him, you don't have to. And I I just I, I never get this hate where it's like, oh, you don't want to be Tim Pool. Why not? He's very successful and he's he's trusted by a lot of people. I'm not because trying to be he's a serial fence sitter. I'm not trying to be him, but I also wouldn't consider it an insult like, "Oh, you're just Tim Pool." Okay? I mean, I I think Tim is an honest thinker and I think he's I think he's saying what he believes to be true. It doesn't mean you have to agree, but it doesn't mean I'm going to shame him. I'm with you there. I do think that Tim Pool believes what he's saying. Yeah. That's yeah. all I can ask. Um Winter says the morons that are actually worried about World War III in the draft are people who listen to alphabet media unironically. Most likely they've never even heard of selective service. We live in a society. Things would have to change drastically for anybody getting drafted. That is true. If there was uh, serious draft talk, I think you'd see some some serious social unrest, to be honest. You'd yeah. People out in the streets on, on that one. Uh, Noose and terror rising. Soleimani was in Iraq to train the same Shia militias that fought against or that fought ISIS. Uh, Casting report did a great video on how a war would unfold. U.S. Uh, would be the victor. Well, it's all. Is it? Are those mutually exclusive? I guess that's the point. It's like well, if you fight, that if you fight ISIS, does that clear you of past wrongdoing or render it irrelevant? No, but it, it's it, some nuance is important. I guess, but it's like, what if what if Obama killed uh, an ISIS or no, Obama, Osama bin Laden? <laughs> can't believe I just missed it. We're past two hours. That's why. Yeah. What if Osama bin Laden had done something that was in our national interest or beneficial or killed an ISIS leader? Yeah. You know? But what if, if, what if Saddam Hussein had in a yeah, I mean, Saddam, way? Well, Saddam Hussein was uh, an enemy of the Iranians, right? Like depending on which team you want to pick, if any, you have to do a cost benefit analysis. That's yeah. That's that, that doesn't, gonna... that doesn't mean that if he's killing our people, that it's okay. Like, okay. You kill well, one U S soldier. Clear, as long as I you... wasn't saying that either. I know yeah, I, know. I have I'm a just... bloodlust invested in most things, but you know, I, I'm de- I've developed a more nuanced perspective of Middle Eastern countries. Go on. I I just see. I, I I could think of one lacking nuance, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, right. But I I do see like the source of the vitriol. Uh, not that it's legitimate or that we deserve hmm. it or anything like that, but like understanding that helps you understand the way that we should move towards foreign policy and that doesn't mean that like diplomacy should be above justice or anything like that um but i do think it's important to to think about all these things especially because nobody wants more long-term middle eastern involvement except for like i'm seeing a lot of people on the right that seem to really want to do it they're just like turn iran to glass i'm seeing that all the time it's like well that 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 wouldn't really what you want that wouldn't be long term uh necessarily that would be short term short term short term solution i don't know i don't know um ethan johnson i stand ready to deploy engage and destroy the enemies of the united states in close combat i'm a guardian of freedom and the american way of life i am an american soldier well thank you for for yeah. serving and i i you know i i respect you not only for uh 
for defending this country, but for standing up for what you believe in. And I think uh, we should all offer that as well, including if you were an American soldier who was skeptical of what's going on. Yes. So, so thank you. I mean, anybody who stands up and puts on that uniform is something that I didn't do. And you got my respect for doing that. Right. And we also need to respect, um, not, not that this is anything to you, Ethan, I'm not trying to criticize you, but, but I'm hearing a lot of people in the military say like, no, like absolutely not. And their, their yeah, opinions are valuable too. That's yeah, that's fair. I don't want to give the impression that like, oh, the military is unanimously of this perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know that military, of course, it, it, I think it, it's an admirable thing to do, but I don't know that it gives you an inherently more valuable opinion either. I mean, the other side of this that I've seen too is the enlist meme that's going on all over Twitter, which is like any, the, anybody who's saying anything like remotely positive about what happened is just all the responses are enlist. Right. I don't know that you, that, I guess what bothers me about that is like, if, if you generally think what happened in this scenario is a positive thing that you therefore have some obligation to have enlisted or it's irrelevant, or you must now go fight a war or you're a warmonger or your opinion doesn't count. That to me was kind of frustrating to give them as much credit as possible. What are there, was there some kind of like uh, gratuitous celebration that I was not a fan of? Yeah, there was there. I'm not going to pretend that that didn't happen either, but um, but yeah, I, I guess that's what bothers me is like, I, there's not a lot of charitability on the two emerging sides here. And I would like to see a little more assumption of good intentions mm -hmm. and assumption of valid reasoning that you just disagree with. And I think that's a lot of what we have here. I don't think yeah. that you're coming from like a place of malice. And I don't think that, I don't think you think I am. And I would hope that our audience would share the same. Well, I also don't really think we disagree that much. No, I think we're kind of at a same the same uh, spot of like same end goal, different um, different. Uh, it's not even different strategy for how to get there. I think what we're hung up on is like, to what degree did this person attack us, and to what degree is response justified? Mm -hmm. Those are the two questions. Uh, Seth Hagler says this is the same as the Syrian strike. Nothing new here. In other news, fountain pens are a great writing utensil to have. <laughs> And in the underground bunkers when World War III begins. Classy and long-lasting. Get the hell out of here. Thank you. Uh, Ken Nichols says, Blonde, we already did it your way. For years, we didn't escalate in response. Soleimani's killing of our people. That didn't work. The solution is for us to leave. Until then, we respond. I mean, I agree with half that. I think that's pretty... I mean, yeah. I guess it's a phrase it another way. Like, ideally, we leave. Since we're not, for whatever reason... Since we're not, for whatever reason, whether it's justified or not, you can't lay down for people that are pushing you around. I think that would be a way to phrase his perspective, maybe. And I, I'm mostly in agreement with that. Maybe that's a better way to put it. I don't know. If his Iran, way, not my way. But you Scott know. Graham, this is, if Iran uh, led the overthrow of an American president in the 50s, then attacked Mexico and Canada successfully setting up military bases on the U.S. border, that's how Iran feels. Uh yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that like our presence there is justified and we're doing all the right things. All I'm saying is that if they did that and then someone went in and started attacking their people with IEDs, would they be unjustified in taking those people out or justified? That's the question. Um, Austin said, no, I don't support Trump no matter what, but I agree with the strike. War sucks, but it's necessary. If you don't respond to an embassy attack, they'll walk all over you, which is the point you were just making. We got to cruise through these, though, because I am starting yeah, to have to. Sure. Uh, Appreciate the lively discussion, everybody. Stephen Horton, thank you for keeping on doing what you do. It's a great, it's a great to get a chance to listen live. Thank you, Stephen. Well, thanks. 
Um, D. Sketty says, so using Blonde's train of thought, we shouldn't have killed Osama bin Laden because he was extremely popular in the Muslim world and there would be an escalation retaliation because uh, we killed him. Uh, no, I don't think that that's necessarily what I was saying. I'm talking about Iran specifically as a threat, as a nuclear threat. Well, they, they are unique in the nuclear capability, that's for sure. Yeah. The, the concert, like They have the ability to do more damage than other people probably. I don't know that we fully understand their their nuclear capabilities, I suppose. But yeah, like they they if they decided to be crazy, they could be crazier than say Al Qaeda presently. Yeah. Um Rudwig says, Matt, you keep saying they're killing our guys. Where are you getting this intel? Is it from the same people that said Saddam had WMDs? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. The, and the, Tucker are right. We need to GTFO. That's fair that the source is the United States State Department. And I'll fully admit that I'm taking that as granted. And it might yeah. be wrong. And if it is wrong, that certainly would change my opinion. But for now, I'm taking it as true that this guy is responsible for the deaths of those service members. And, you know, if, if that's wrong, then I, that would change my opinion significantly, of course. Derek Finley, the people that are paid to stop the fighting are the same people who get paid to start the fighting. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you mean. Uh, Laurel says I'm going to Virginia for the rally and we'll report back with live footage. Cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, I, and, uh, that's on Laurel's channel. If people want to see it, let Um, us know how it goes. Margie says, I hope everyone waits to see what happens before they bail on Trump. The alternative is Marxism. I mean, it's legitimate. Like I have legitimate gripes about Trump and I reject that I am going to be forced to vote for him because the alternative is worse. Um, I will choose how I vote irrespective of how, of how much it pisses off the audience. Like I, I don't care. Like I am going to make an ethical choice about who to vote for or whether, or whether or not to abstain, which is also a legitimate. I, th- I think the only decision. way you'd piss them off totally is if you refuse to disclose, <laughs> if you said, if you wouldn't tell them what you know, I'm not going to do that, but yeah. like, I think it's possible. It's possible. I vote for him again. It's possible. I abstain. And in Idaho, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Eddy, uh, if I were having a son, I would suggest the name <laughs> hindsight. Uh, hmm. Jeffrey O'Neill, there's a cost to removing Soleimani from the board, but he was killing many. Soleimani was despised in much of the region. That's true, too. Did letting taking sailors uh, lead to uh, a Marco strike lead to contractor and embassy? That I mean, he wasn't universally beloved. That's no, true. hell no. There, yeah. there's, there's footage of Iraqis celebrating in the streets. Uh, it's Iraqis, not Iranians. But he committed atrocities against Iranians, too. Um, Shauna Thornton, Montana and Alabama have the tallest average male height. Hawaii Sweet. has the shortest average height for both men and women. Hate stats. That's because of the Filipino influence, the Japanese influence, probably. Don't yeah. know. Ask Tulsi. Maybe she knows. Um, Fat Hooligan, relevant song of the week is Fuck the Middle East by Stormtroopers <laughs> of Death on the album Speak English or Die, written in 1985. <laughs> I, we can all agree on that. We can all agree on that. Uh, Danny Montaner. And it is for this precious possession that we must struggle on. Do hmm. not forget what was taken from you. Hail victory. I said it. Shining oh from the cheap God. seats. The U.S. government never lies. Signed our military leaders at the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, That's fair. I can't fault anyone who yeah. has a, a healthy skepticism. I can't at all. Andrew Pollock, seeing Lemon and Cooper act the way they do truly makes me thankful for you too. Happy New Year's, guys. Take my shekels. Thank you very much. That's the best advertisement for our show I've ever heard. At least we're not Anderson Cooper I know, and Tom. Right? You can't leave us yeah. because at least we're not that. The same reason you vote for Trump. At least he's not a Marxist Democrat. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, rest in peace to Don Imus. Oh, that's right. I know I'm a bit late, but without him, many of the shows we love wouldn't have happened. Matt, good luck next weekend. I won't say anything unless the Niners lose. Literally, mm. the only thing I know about him is the nappy-headed hosen. Yeah, I was gonna. That was gonna say. That's it. That's all I, I know. That that's controversy. That was what? Was that like ten years ago? That seems like a long time ago. Maybe yeah, last. Maybe a little less. That was one of the original outrage, uh, like yeah. media outrage controversies that I can remember. Um, let me see. I just lost my place. Uh, all right. I can go over to uh, streamers yeah. for a second. Uh, let's see. Eric Fart. Oh, wait. This, this one. Thank you, Eric, for your contribution. Um, Chicken Fried Monkey says, I'm getting tired of uh, mental picture of all these millennials and Zoomers. And they're. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This, wait, one we read. this was this was the one about uh, streaming the, the, the uh, World War Three. Yes. Akasit from Hong Kong. I'd like to suggest you have an interview with uh, Chris Chappell from China Uncensored or Joshua Phillip from Crossroads. The topic of China may seem far away from home at first, but once you cover Confucius Institutes, you'll see why enemies within. Well, thank you for the recommendation and for supporting the show. Phil says, <laughs> this, <laughs> Phil, Phil's, Phil's getting very Kevin in this one. I appreciate the thought, Phil. I'm trying, trying not to necessarily get my stream shut down. Thank you for the, thank you for the support. Raggle Fraggle says, uh, when Pearl Harbor was attacked, our measured response was all the actions taken in the Pacific theater, which included nuking Japan twice. Measured responses don't end wars. They prolong them. Welcome to 2020, everyone. May this year be prosperous for all. Yeah, maybe there's something to be said for that, but... Um, you know, it's also there's a huge risk and there's a huge cost. And I'm not saying what we did with with Japan was unjustified either, but there's no doubt that that was massively costly yeah. uh, for our country. And and maybe it, uh, you know, that it's not unreasonable to argue that was a worthwhile worthwhile cost either. So anyway, thank you, man. Uh, Mick Bosco says, uh, long time listener, first time super chatter. Thanks for all you guys do. Well, thank you for supporting the show, my friend. Um, Yukon Don. Says there was a knife attack in Paris on Friday. One dead, two hurt attacker, attacker yelling, Allahu Akbar, barely reported, but lots of talk the attacker had mental issues. That's not news. <laughs> we run a news show around here. Yeah, really. Shauna Thornton, the idea of hate crimes is dumb, but there's a part of me that likes seeing protected group finally get held to the same standard as non-protected groups could be a precedent. Uh, that's true, too. I mean, there's something very fascinating about this victim hierarchy that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruwak, no note. Um, for son of man, blonde, would you pass this law? Women can vote, but bras, makeup, and hormonal birth control are illegal. Rewrite the 19th. <laughs> Ooh, interesting trade. Of course I would not. No. You want to get rid of the voting. You don't want to make chicks not wear makeup. Nobody wins there. Hmm. Um, and then the birth control thing. I don't know. Women shouldn't take birth control, but I wonder if there's a correlation between that and uh, an abortion. So, um, the first son of man also said the narrative they're trying to spin off of is that the white church is, uh, official. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A cop, FBI, et cetera. Only those anointed by the state can carry a weapon. Right. The Maybe that's what people. I was trying to say. Yeah. That's what they're trying to spin is like, Ooh, look how qualified and, and special he was. You regular Joes can't be trusted, but he can. Shana, that's what they were going with. Shauna Thornton. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm team Matt. Sometimes I'm team blonde, but I'm always team calling Matt a scando because it's hilarious. I can't, I can't blame you there. It is funny. Um, Credit Kevin. No body. 
Why not preemptively nuke all the Warners then would be faster, quicker, more intelligent and effective than another chosen media production. We gotta, or they won't reach their profit quota. I mean, I, I'm not advocating that, um, that the, the rioters at the embassy all be executed, but I am saying that they're committing a criminal act and they should face justice. That's, that's what I'm saying. Justice, eh? Yeah. I mean, is what they're doing. Would you say that that's justified that they, that is, that is our embassy. I mean, in in any other context, I wouldn't say it's okay to go to some other country's embassy and start violently attacking it. Yeah, but what is justice for for these people? You mean in their perspective or in ours? In ours. Uh, You mean in that specific case or just like in the broader context of our presence in Iraq? I mean, what what do people want to see happen to the rioters outside of the embassy? I think that's that's the same as any sort of criminal act uh, that you'd have happen here. Like I would say that the justice they should face is just like the justice that Antifa should face. That should face heavy, uh, some sort of, that that would be a felony crime here. You start a building on fire, arson, vandalism, all this. Yeah, but we wouldn't uh, systematically murder all these people without trial. But we didn't systematically murder them. No, I'm saying that's what people are calling for. Everybody's like, turn turn these people to glass, kill all of them. Well, I think this chatter is saying, why not nuke them? Like trying to push, like saying if they deserve death. I think he's being facetious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. My husband is probably so hungry. We got. All right, we're almost done. We're almost done. D dog. Her name is Ariana. Whose name? Your your daughter. I don't know. I that's on my list too, but it also kind of sounds like Areola. That's right. Yeah. So no no good. Um, Jared Tank just dropped in. Haven't been able to catch you live for a while because holiday work hours suck. Congratulations on the baby girl blonde. It warms my black zoomer heart. You'll be a wonderful mother. Thank you. Mm. I hope. Um, Roger Stone, huge fields of oil and natural gas were recently discovered off the coast of Lebanon that Israel disputes belongs to them. They were thwarted by Hezbollah to claim the resources. Huh. Hmm. Uh, and salami. Sell. He ran uh, Hezbollah. They're saying he ran Hezbollah, but it wasn't he like a consultant or he didn't run it. Right. Anyway, oh, I missed well, it, that last part because yeah. it, it looked like salami. That's why <laughs> exactly. Queso salami, the better yeah. name. Matt Fields, I'm serious. The religious differences are too great and they're not intelligent enough to figure out their leaders. Use them as cannon fodder. There will never be peace. It will be a mercy genocide. That I is just, dis- I got to disavow that I one. I can't. But- it's, I agree that there will be forever chaos, but I think they have the same right to self-determination that anybody else does. That's true. And I think that in this IQ debate, which is a legitimate debate, I, I I believe in IQ differences, but uh, having a higher IQ doesn't give you like a a moral high ground. No, I I, no, of course not. Uh, We still have to allow low IQ nations to seek some degree of (laughs) self-determination. I just think of Maxinistan. Those are yeah, the, low really. IQ, the low IQ nations. But I do, I do agree that there needs to be some element of paternalism in nations that have like a 60, like look at Haiti. The average IQ is 64. You think they're ever going to be successful without some element of, of intervention from European nations? Uh, it's, it's a, what I would say is that, yeah, these things, you do see these uh, differences manifested, of course. Uh, but the one the one thing that I don't want to get too um, that I don't want to I, I think there's too much emphasis placed on that is there, there's that doesn't mean there isn't possibility for improvement. I don't think that like suddenly, uh, you know, you wake up and an entire country is uh, full of scientists and doctors and extremely uh, intelligent 
educated people. But th- I don't think that that means that you are condemned to forever failure either. I think there's, I think there's kind of a, a moral obligation for optimism yeah. and working for a better future. And even if the better future is extremely difficult to obtain, like what's the alternative? You just quit and say you can't. I mean, again, it's not up to us to like enforce that better future on other people. But I don't want to. I don't want to be so defeatist as to say that places where there's a lot of struggle are irredeemable and could never ever. I'm not saying that either. Yeah, uh, but just... we used to have genuine motivations for wanting to improve other nations that we thought couldn't improve themselves. We would build schools. We would we would do things like that. Um, and I'm not seeing a lot of like the good natured paternalism that have has legitimately improved a certain country. Bring back colonialism. <laughs> I mean, don't you think there's some merit to colonialism? Uh, well, uh, you you take a look at the results and you decide. Yeah. Yes, Africa is an excellent case study in this. Um, I'm like, let's hurry up and then let's talk for 40 minutes about colonialism. Matthew Sturgis, Happy New Year, blonde. What's happened to you? Where's the rage? Where's the anger? Most importantly, what happened to your catapult? It's still there. I'm I'm still super angry about stuff. I just um, I just have to explore why I feel this way about Iran. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Kevin Flanagan, I can't. Uh, let me reload this. <laughs> I didn't to Kevin. I didn't say that Iran has to disclose their nuclear capabilities. I'm just saying we, we don't necessarily know. I'm not saying they have a moral obligation to tell us, but um, I get, you know, I'm not, I get Kevin's half troll, half serious all the time. Crackhead culture, the same media that has lied to us in the last wars against this one. I don't know what to believe. That is a, that is a difficult spot. Uh, Pete Hodges, salami was just a brushback pitch. Fuck Iran and fuck Iraq. Bring our people home and make the message. Do not make me come back here. Uh, once again, I agree with half of that. I agree with most of that. Um, but I, yeah, that sounds good to me. Fair enough. All right, we're good. Okay. Uh, over real quick over on D live chief bulging snake says that was a master stroke. Trump humiliated the mullahs. And left them no options. That's all we got on DLive. Thanks for hanging out, guys. And uh, we'll check over on Streamlabs real quick. My God, we're creeping ever closer to a three-hour stream. Uh, so, you know, all of our apologies to your to your husband. And uh, we're all good. So let's get out of here. We'll call it a night. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for hanging out with us. And I'm sure half of you are very pissed off at one of us. And the other half is very pissed off at the yeah. other but I appreciate the lively discussion. I appreciate everybody. Um, I, I'm glad, like, everybody cares about this a lot, and I'm glad they come to this place to fight it out. I'm not claiming to be right on everything. I'm just, I'm very happy to host a place where the battle happens. That's really cool. So uh, if we pissed you off so much that you're not going to listen to the show anymore, I'm sorry, and perhaps we'll catch you back in the future. Yeah. Uh, everybody else, thanks for spending time with us. And if you're listening later on YouTube, um, uh, or on demand on one of the audio platforms or on uh, DLive or wherever you're catching the show. Thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. You can send us your hate mail to beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Send it to Blonde's inbox if you're pissed at Blonde, please. And we'll be I'll back just ignore next... it. Send it to Sky. We'll be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me, the presence. Bye, guys. Beauty and the Beta. Have a good night. Bye.